The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. 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 Yo, 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 what up? This is Rocky Asuka Romero of Chaos, and you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcast, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcast, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get-go, boy Yeah, from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome This is Keeping It Strong Style With your host, Jeremy Donovan And the young boy, Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style The ace of podcasts On the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here Alongside the young boy, Josh Smith on today's show, we'll be reviewing the last few nights of the best of the Super Junior Tournament, including the finals, as well as giving you a Dominion preview, naming the Wrestler of the Month for May and the Match of the Month for May, and covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show and network by subscribing on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com slash subscribe to sign up to get the podcast and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. And make sure you check out our friends at purezuroad.com. A lot of great Puro columns and our podcast is featured on there with a couple others. So check those guys out for some great Puro content. All right, Josh. We're going to have a packed show here. Talking the wrap-up of Best of Super Juniors, Dominion. Got some questions. A lot of good stuff. I'm up to the task. (laughs) It's been, guys, it has been a crazy last couple weeks with these tournament matches. I don't know how many of you actually... uh, you know, like stayed caught up with all these, but like I barely made it. I know. I mean, I've seen a couple <laughs> comments on uh, New Japan Reddit of people like skipping certain nights because you know the uploads weren't fast enough. And they, they, hey, they might have been right. <laughs> Some of these nights, but um, yeah, I mean, like, dude, I was in uh, New York City for a wedding for a weekend, and that just literally cut right into all my viewing. I barely, barely finished all these matches. I mean, like, I was binging them like like it was like Gossip Girl or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we uh, made it the last-minute call to record um, tonight instead of Monday night because we didn't yeah. want to... Uh, we figured by next week nobody would probably really care about the Best of Super Junior Finals. We just thought about it, and we were like, you know what, we could do a review where we cover, you know, everything up to night 13, and then give our predictions on night 14. But then by the time we upload it, other people have already watched the finals. So it really, it felt like to you guys, we were doing a disservice if we just dropped it on Tuesday, like we always do. And I'm, Hey, some of you guys are super loyal and you probably stick around and thank you for that. But, uh, we feel like in this instance, because of the timing of everything, it's probably best that we record tonight. 
Right, and I mean, this is gonna be a, a one-off, or in the future, if New Japan does have some big show that happens on Monday. We won't th- be as stupid about it. <laughs> we will not be as dumb. <laughs> uh, we'll probably record later on in the week, but so. I don't know what we were thinking there. We were like, yeah, we'll be good. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like it, and then when it, and then when it came up, we were like, oh, this is probably a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> this is dumb. As Chris Jericho would say, we were effing morons. <laughs> uh, Stupid idiot. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. Yeah. All, All right. right. So, best of Super Juniors, it's over. Yeah. Wow. What? It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> no, this this tournament was awesome, man. Um, so, we, I think last week we stopped our review at night eight, right? Yeah. So, we've got nights nine through 14, which is the finals to kind of cover here. Um, so we can kind of like go through it, like just talk. I, w- I would say we go through it and talk about the matches that kind of stuck out to us on certain nights, different thoughts, and then just kind of give our overall thoughts on the tournament, you know, just in general with everything. Okay. So let's start off uh, night nine. It was an A block night. We had uh, Ishimori uh, defeated Tiger Mask, Bushi defeated ACH. Yo defeated Flip Gordon and Will Ospreay defeated Kanemaru. So what was the highlight there for you? Well, I think at this point, you know, we had kind of talked about the idea of, you know, Tiger Mask going on his old man run. Yeah. (laughs) His hope run. And, um, you know, I think what he had six points going into this night. Yeah. So we're like, hey, you know, one more win, two more wins here or there. Like it puts him right in the conversation. Right. Yeah. But on this night, it was not to be, <laughs> as he ran into the Bone Soldier. Yeah, the Bone Soldier shot down his uh, chances of getting eight points. I will say this. I don't know if you noticed. Like, It seemed to me on the nights where uh, Tiger Mask was getting the W, he tried a lot harder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he like worked really hard. And then the nights where he was like doing the job, it, it was kind of lackluster and... Uh, you know, I kind of wanted to see him, if he was going to go on, like, a hope run like that, maybe put more effort into it. You right. know, like, like a Hanma performance right. or something. Right, like, go all out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if you're going to do it, go all out. Like, but it, it didn't really seem to be the case here. But, you know, in all honesty, you got to come some slack and cut all... I mean, we're at the ninth night of the tour at this point. You're right. Um, you know, for me, I thought that was, like, an all right opening match. Um... For me, I think like the highlight of the night was probably definitely Osprey and Kanemaru. I think it was probably one of the better singles Kanemaru matches um, in the, the tournament. It, uh, it was yeah, it was pretty good. Um, you know, we got a lot of the, the same like Kanemaru tropes. You know, the attacking the the spray and the what is it the Hattori special or uh, uh, Satori? Satori yeah, surprise. Satori whiskey. Yeah. You know, it, it was it was fine. I think Will Ospreay in this tournament has just he did a fantastic job, like elevating a lot of guys. Right. Like, he like yeah, night. he brought guys definitely onto his level, and really got the best out of um, everybody he was wrestling. Um, Although I will say, the neck thing kind of got repetitive after a while. Yeah. That's pretty much the story of every single match. I know uh, Chase Owens, when he was on commentary, he was making... On the last po- night? Yeah, he's like, oh, when's Osprey going to start complaining about his neck? <laughs> oh, oh, my neck. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, that that is a legit gripe. I mean, you know, you watch the guy wrestle, what, seven, eight times, and yeah. t- 
it's the same story in every single match. You know, it kind of gets a little... It gets old. Especially since we we don't necessarily love the dude selling in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the overall theme of this night was just people getting wins that they really needed. Like, Ishimori needed that win. Osprey needed that win. Uh, Yo picked up a big win over Flip Gordon. Yeah, um, which was very surprising. Yeah, I mean, Flip was beating, was pretty much beating the crap out of Yo that whole match. Um, Flip was very aggressive in that match. And then, um, so they kind of did a good job, like making Flip look very competent and strong. But right. Yo ends up getting the cradle pin, which is like, is that the dude's finish? I guess so. He's pulling like his a, finisher is like lucha libre pins. Yeah, <laughs> it, that reminds me of like remember that time period in Ring of Honor where Daniel Bryan was just beating people with small packages. Uh, you know what? No. <laughs> Honestly, like if if I'm gonna be legit, I wish I could be like, yeah, of course I remember, of course I remember Dragon back then. Yeah. But I mean, my experience watching uh, Brian Danielson is going back and watching big big matches, and so I don't always have the con. I've seen a lot of his stuff. I've seen you know his matches with Tyler Black, Davey Richards, you know, uh, Morishima, Samoa Joe, yeah. Punk, all that. I just don't have the context of like time periods of his career prior to WWE. Right. Because I didn't have access to those tapes. Right. And I can't remember exactly what year it was he was doing that, but a lot of matches he was just like beating dudes like small packages. Really? And it was like part of his gimmick. That sounds like something he would do though. Yeah. So I mean like it makes total sense. Um, no, this kind of reminds me, yo pinning guys like this reminds me of like John Cena circa 2002. Uh, Ruthless Aggression Cena Yeah Ruthless Aggression Cena He had no finisher His finish was like Rolling people up With special like pins That's what his That's how He he was the crazy Roll up guy It's like uh, I know you you don't Really play the Smackdown games But they have like The leverage pin Where you can like I do play the Smackdown games You're talking about The 2K games I still call call them Smackdown Don't disrespect The Smackdown Uh, game (laughs) In 2K, they have, like, the special, like, leverage pin where you do, like, this crazy, like, victory roll roll-up, and it's, like, a desperation, like, pin, and you could like, win off of it. I want to do that, but, like, pull the trunks. <laughs> uh, I know they have, but you can put your feet on the ropes. I, I, I want to put my feet on the ropes and pull, pull the, the trunks, trunks at the same, same time. time. I've seen somebody do that. Um, I want to say it was somebody like Bobby Fish or something like that. His name's Ric Flair. He's the dirtiest <laughs> player that ever played the game. Oh, man. No, but, um, yeah, so Yo got to pick, got a win over Flip, which was very surprising. Yeah, he, and then, need, he needed that win. Also, uh, Bushi, he desperately needed a win. He got that over ACH. Yeah, because he only had, what, two points at that point yeah. in that tournament. So, and I'll tell you what, for me, I, I think ACH might have been the standout guy in oh, the A block. Yeah, I mean, his selling was amazing in every match. Um, I feel like in every match he was going hard and, like, really That's trying to thing. perform. Even when he didn't have great matches, he was performing so much harder than everybody else that he wrestled. And it, so we'll get into the discussion, but it, I just, I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, man, who do you take? Do you take a fantastic – not that they're not both great f- – performers but it's like you know you got Will Ospreay who's uh elevating guys night after night but kind of a little bit going through the motions kind of preserve himself or ACH a guy who is having good to great matches but you know his individual performances are like you know between his selling and his athleticism like yeah it's definitely difficult to choose from and this match was like a prime example of it it wasn't anything blow away because, uh, you know, he's wrestling Bushi. Yeah. But ACH was incredible in the match, and he made Bushi look great. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely one of the better Bushi outings in this tournament. Now, I will say this. I think night eight was what the final uh, the match what the main event was Hiromu versus um Taguchi. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And after that, these nights tended to go way down. Yeah. Even the B blocks that we were like kind of excited for, like nothing really for for the most part seemed to deliver. And this was the start of that trend. Nothing was yeah, nothing was really a blow away. It was just all kind of like solid. Which I don't really here's my only problem with that. There's I understand it's late in the tournament and guys get tired. But my whole thing is, if you're going and we saw the same thing happen in the uh, tag, tag tournament World tag last league. year. The yeah. first half was much better than the second half. If you're gonna ramp up and have great matches, you should do it towards the end yeah. when the when the wins start really mattering. Right. It kind of start killing it for me the, when it's like there's only two nights left for each block or three nights or whatever, and the guys are going half hearted. Right. It's and like so they're just this going is like the, the most important time. Like you guys are like in desperation of points. Like, yeah. You guys are literally like one or two wins away from, from possibly winning the whole block. Like, like like Tiger Mask. Tiger Mask is in this match against uh, Ishimori, and Ishimori is like one of the top dudes. A win against Ishimori probably would have won him the tournament. Right. Or got him real, real, real close. And, like, they didn't perform like it was that kind of important of a match. You know right. what I mean? They, right. they performed like they were house match shows. And the main and then the main events were, like, main events. And that's how it was almost every night. Which, that's one that's one of my only real criticisms. I, I mean, I can't criticize this tournament too, too much because it was just fantastic. But... These last few nights, they were rough. Yeah. They were hard to get through. I'm not going to lie. And I think maybe, was it hard for you? Because for me, I was binging them back to back to back to back. So I was losing some of the context to watching it that way. I mean, I was watching them as soon as they were up on New Japan World, as soon as I could. You lucky dog. (laughs) (laughs) But I will admit that after a while, I know last week we kind of talked about liking the single cam and no commentary. Oh, it got rough. Yeah, I mean... At the beginning of the tournament, it's fine, but coming on towards the end, especially when they're in a little bit bigger That's the arenas, um, the single cam and no commentary can kind of take you out of the show. We talked about that last night. I feel like that was one of the biggest problems was that they they moved into bigger arenas, and when they're in the bigger arenas, A, the sound goes up. They're in open air like gymnasiums. Yeah. And the the crowds were quieter and the guys were working like softer. So there was less like and it just overall the the shows were deader, but then having the camera angle, we talked about being far away or like being further up, which you can see everything is great, but when it's too far away and you can barely see the action, that's when you start because oh, this kind of sucks, especially yeah. when TV like or a big, a huge yeah yeah. And so when watching it before the first few nights, they were in small enough arenas to where like you're kind of up in the action, mm-hmm. but when you're far far away, and I'm like oh, I can't even really see what's going on. Yeah. This is starting to suck, but. I don't know. Beggars cannot be choosers, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, we should be thankful we're we're able to see it. <laughs> Although, like, I'm hoping, like, you know, they they had the full uh, production shows for the um, New Japan Cup this past year. Remember? Yeah. So I'm hoping, like, maybe next year. Who knows? Depending on how business keeps going, we might get more of these full production shows. Definitely. So uh, moving on to night ten, so B Block night, we had. The villain Marty's girl defeat Dragon Lee. We had Taguchi defeat Sho, Takahashi defeat Chris Sabin, and the main event Kushida defeated El Desperado. I really liked this night. 
There was nothing that I would say was like blow away or anything like that, but I thought every match that I watched was like significantly good and was really, really easy to get through. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I really liked the uh, Skrull and Dragon Lee match. Me too. Um, when you think about both of their styles, you might think it, it might not mesh well because Skrull's more of a technical kind of grappler guy where um, Dragon Lee, you know, he's a high flyer, diving, uh, Lucha Libre style, but there's st- it worked and meshed very well. Here's the thing. Dragon Lee is a fantastic wrestler, when it, and he can do other styles aside from just the flippy-do stuff. You know what I mean? Right. And I think this match was one of the matches... Um, the show match kind of showed that he can work like that main event sort of style, you know, the the high drama and all that. Yeah. But this match showed how technical he can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like he worked, he worked Skrull's match. Yeah, it pretty much showed this how well rounded Dragon Lee really is. And it, you know what? Not taking anything away from Dragon Lee, but a lot of people have a misconception about uh, Lucha Libre that they don't do this stuff. They do. Right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, a lot of the heavyweight, like, Lucha Libre matches are more, like, grappling-based. At least they were, like, back in the day. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm, like, Dr. Lucha or anything like right. that. But, I mean, I've seen just Matt classics. You know what I mean? Like, Angel Azteca, uh, El Dandy. <laughs> Who are you to doubt El Dandy? Yeah. Um... All sorts of guys, Blue Panther, you know, Negro Casas. Oh my God, Negro Casas, amazing! Yeah. The, these guys, when they, especially when they're not in, like a lucha, like Deus Bates match, that's different. You know, those, those are usually hate filled and blood filled. But when it's a championship match, there's a title on the it's line. It's usually like a classic, like a grappling. Yeah, know. and they kind of talked, alluded to the idea um, with uh, the match that happened earlier in the year between Okada and um, Zack Saber. Remember they talked about all the, all the kind of like lucha libre type submission holds that um, Okada used in that match. Yeah, that's that style of wrestling. I, I, I'm gonna have to figure out what the name of it is again. I, I forget, but yeah, I mean that's yeah. very prevalent. Yeah, there. I mean that style. Yeah, that style. When you think of lucha libre, that style has not been emphasized, especially in, in the, recent in, time. In recent times, especially in the United States. I mean, when we think of lucha libre. You're thinking, you know, Rey Mysterio, Juventud. Um, you're thinking about all these psychosis. But those guys, when those guys came up in the mid-90s, they changed Lucha Libre. Yeah. They, uh, not, and I'm not, like, criticizing it. I'm just saying, like, that's the way business changed and went. But prior to them, it wasn't... I mean, when you watch 80s Lucha... With like it's not like '90s lucha, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, all. I mean, just like it's like everything with wrestling, it, the styles change and evolve. And yeah, that, that happened with lucha libre. But um, I thought that this, I thought that was actually for me. It's funny you said that because I've seen a lot of people kind of rate this Skrull Dragon Lee match kind of low. Yeah, and I I was watching it and I was like, it's actually the match that caught my attention. That in the main event. Yeah. And that match and was I, rated pretty and low, and I, and too. I feel but. like Skrull, I mean, not that he was, like, not performing at his best. I just feel like, you know, he's just holding, like, a highlight. And I feel like this was a, this match here with Dragon Lee was one of um, his The better mo- matches yeah. of his. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked this. Um, Skrull ended up defeating Dragon Lee by submission 16 minutes in. He got him in, what, the crossface chicken wing? Yep. Which that was cool, and that was that was a big win for Marty because Dragon Lee was a point leader at that point in the tournament. Scrolled, you know, I think what he only had two points, four points, can't remember. Yeah, but yeah, like four, I think. Big, big, big win for for Marty Scroll and a really good match. 
And yeah, it was it was clean mix of styles. Yeah, yeah, he had four points. The, he ended this night with six points. Yeah. So um, really like that match, and then we got Taguchi and Show, which was a lot of comedy. Oh yeah. So that's why what kind of made this easy for me to watch was just the idea of like show being oh I saw this I saw someone on Reddit they're like they're like bold move New Japan you've essentially made show's gimmick the shock master, master yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah uh, you know they were doing the whole the hip attack stuff and um, show is shooting the arrows at him and oh yeah I saw that <laughs> yeah I don't I don't know how I feel about that I don't know yeah there's there's some goofy I can take but like I don't like the like I don't know. Like, remember when Kenny used to do like the Hadouken? Yeah, yeah. Stuff? Oh my God, yeah, or yeah. Where he yeah. would like shoot like uh like Command Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I don't know about all that. Yeah, because like, uh, yeah, he shot the arrow in his butt, and then Taguchi was selling <laughs> was selling that. But it's yeah. a different change of pace, which was what made this night pretty enjoyable for me. Yeah. So that's what I liked about the B block was that even though the booking of it was great because we'd had all those intense matches earlier in the tournament, yeah. even though this wasn't that super intense night. It was paced well. It was worked well. And uh, Taguchi ended up defeating Show with, uh, what, Dragon Suplex? Yeah, Dragon Suplex. And, I mean, and Taguchi desperately needed this win. Um, and Taguchi really did turn it up towards the end of the match. So yeah. not not just trying to make it seem like he was just clowning out there. Like, this match did uh, get pretty intense, so that was good. Yeah, he only had two points going into this night. Yeah, he had that one win over uh, Kushida. Yeah. And that was it. And Sho had been having a fantastic tournament. Yeah, I mean, Sho is definitely one of the breakout stars of this tournament. It's like you can literally see him grow. Yeah. Like, as a, as a singles guy, as a performer, like, this tournament is has done a lot for him. Like, that, like he's one of the top stories coming out of the tournament, Sho is. Oh, yeah, definitely. And where they're going to go with him in the future. Then we ended up with uh, Hiromu Takahashi versus Chris Sabin. Um, this is my least favorite match of the night, personally. Yeah. And um, let's talk about this for a second. So we kind of were back and forth last week. We were at the halfway point, and I was saying I thought Hiromu was pretty much at that point the MVP, and you were like on the fence, basically. Between Hiromu and Dragon Lee. But uh, you were leaning towards Dragon Lee. Yeah. This was the first match, and I think... To my knowledge, the only match that I did not rate at four stars for Hiromu Takahashi out of his whole entire tournament run. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's Saban. And I, you know, What's the deal with your boy, bro? You know, we all know I'm a Saban mark, but... That's I just, your boy. I, he is my boy, and I still like him. I mean, he had a solid tournament. Um, I mean, he did everything he did was, was good. He had no bad matches. It's, it wasn't great. It wasn't... Excellent. He had no great matches. Right. And, um, <laughs> and I think the part of the problem is, I mean, I think the, the injuries that he had in the past and then plus uh, being tagging more, that kind of threw him off, especially the injuries. Because, I mean, like we've mentioned before, I mean, this guy in his prime was in the in-ring quality of guys of AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian. I mean, he was one of the top guys in ring uh-huh. Gilbert? Gilbert? Gilbert. Oh, Gilbert. <laughs> oh, Al Snow, the, the best workers out there. The job squad. The job squad. Um, Who's in the job squad? Um, Al Snow, Hardcore Holly, <laughs> Blue Meanie. You know what? Like, I don't... The only reason I know what the job squad is is from, like, video games. I don't think I actually saw them on television as 
the job, job squad. squad. Yeah. I think I was watching WCW <laughs> for some reason. But no, you're right. Chris Saban was one of the top workers, right. you know. And I, I really think... 16 years ago, though. Yeah. Those injuries, I mean, and I think it's one of those things where, like, he was in the thick of things where, like, that X Division was booming and he was at the top of that, kind of the, the forefront of all of that. And, like, those injuries, he kind of got lost behind and, like, wrestlers continued to get better and evolve where he was kind of stuck off on the sidelines. And you know what? I don't want to be overly critical of him. It's not like he had, like I said, this ma- he did not have a single bad match. Every match he had in the tournament was good. He just didn't do anything that was truly great the whole entire tournament. Right. You know? Um, and I think it was just interesting because Hiromu, for me, and we'll get to it, but he ended up being the MVP of the whole tournament, the Iron Man, basically. And this was his only subpar match, basically. Right. I mean, Which, I, it was still good. It was still very good. It was like a three and a half star match, but uh, um, really, really good. Now, I would say like Ben still had a great like showing for himself, and, and this is one of the better ones he had on the tournament. Yeah, because me basically, he really. Saban's a guy like you really haven't heard from, even though he's been the Ring of Honor World Tag Champs with Shelley. Like, he's just a name that didn't come to mind really when you're thinking about top workers. And so, how about Hiromu tapping him out? Oh, yeah. How about Hiromu tapping like everybody out? <laughs> yeah, Hiromu getting that uh, triangle over. This is, uh, I, I like, this is the second time this year that a guy in a tournament has really gotten a, a submission hold like this over. The first time was uh, Zack Sabre earlier when he got that um, orienteering uh, numb death. Death, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, let's just call it the banana split, guys. Can we just... <laughs> it's easier for me, and it's more impressive that I even know what it is in the first place. Yeah. Um, um, also, in last year's G1, um, his LIJ brother, Evil, got that Banshee muzzle uh, submission over. Still don't know what that is. You before, and I'm never sure like what that move even is. Um, he did it recently. I know he did, and I it, forgot about like it. It's like they're seated, and he, he kind of has like like a chicken wing and like stretches their face kind of like. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. All I know is that it's better than the uh, better than that freaking butterfly lock that Yoshihashi. Oh, freaking Yoshihashi's <laughs> freaking. Oh my gosh. Who? Which one of our listeners is it that um, that likes Yoshihashi? Is it Mr. ACP? Uh, or, or is it uh, Gentlemanly Dragon? Undoubtedly, Dean. Dean. It's one of those three. I, I think. It, I think it might be Gentlemanly Dragon. One of them is like it's me. The other two are like F. No, it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> they're listening to this right now. Like, they're, they're like, are you guys serious right now? Uh, for for the two of you that are not the uh, Yoshihashi fans, I apologize. <laughs> but um, yeah. So. Hiromu gets another big win here. Chris Saban has a great showing for himself. And then we got the main event, which was Kushida and El Desperado, which um, I really liked this match a lot. Yeah, I mean, Desperado, man, this guy. Desperado was low-key one of the best guys in the tournament. Yeah, dude. He had, like, four bangers. He did. Like, this guy, he really impressed me. Like, because, you know, a lot of times we see him in these junior tags or he's in the multi-man Suzuki gun tags and all he's doing is just... Doing the jump from the bell and the sneak attack. Dude, last year, when we named him one of our most improved of the year, I and then, like, the rest of the year, like, this whole year, I've been kind of down on him, and I've been like, what happened? Were we, like, were we blind last year? But now, like, these performances are bringing it back. Like, 
Oh, yeah. Desperado can really go. Yeah, he really shined with these singles matches. Especially, like, with his... This is... Remember how I've talked in the past, like, when you attack someone on the outside, there's a difference between, like telling a story when you're doing that and making it seem vicious versus it just being a, a trope or like a, a part of your like rest hold like methodology. Yeah. This was totally different. Like these attacks, I'm not saying that they were like ending the match or anything or that they're total they, that they weren't sometimes gratuitous. Sometimes they were, but for the most part, I liked them. Yeah. For the most part, like, and it's his gimmick, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I just for I, I'm gonna give him the pass on all the on, on all the outside attacks because it it was part of his story in the tournament. Like he was trying, he was cheating every single match to right. get like pretty the much. Upper he hand was doing anything he could to, to get. scratch and claw and beat these guys who might have been somewhat superior to him. You know, right? Which I I really really like that. And the the this Kushida match, there was a bunch of times I thought it was over. Like I really bought the false finishes on this night. Yeah, this they did a great job. Really buying you win on either guy winning. And Kushida needed this win by far because he literally just got jobbed out in like two minutes. Right, yeah. <laughs> by the, one of the, the, the bottom guy on the block. So, but Kushida ends up beating Desperado 18 minutes and 30 seconds. I mean, would you agree on this night nothing over not even four stars? Yeah. Okay. But I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was still a very good night. Yeah, I mean, like we said, everything was still good. Just that... We've seen so many four or above matches in the beginning. Yeah. You expect that the whole way through. So th- this brings us to night 11, which is the second to last night for the A block. Yeah. So we had uh, Bushi defeating Flip Gordon, Ishimori defeating ACH, Osprey defeating Tiger Mask, and in the main event, Yo defeating Kanemaru. I really liked the Yo versus Kanemaru match. Um, it wasn't like a classic or anything, but just Yo getting the win in general, and I didn't think he was going to, and I thought Kanemaru was good in this match too. So did I. Um, I was actually surprised that this match was the main event. I think everybody gets like an opportunity at some point, you know? Yeah. I think that's kind of the point of the tour, so um, I wasn't that surprised, but yeah, I mean... Yes. Oh, how about Bushi being Flip Gordon? So, yeah, Bushi, we we kind of both, I think, had him doing pretty well in our tournaments. Yeah. And then he, like, went on a big losing streak. So, you know, this it kind of made sense him going over Flip. Kind oh, yeah, they both uh, end up being tied up at 3-3 with Bushi getting that win. And then um, Ishimori beating I, – I thought Ishimori and ACH was really, really good. Um, especially with the history between those guys. Right, because they were uh, tag partners, and they were in, what, the junior tag league? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, this is kind of like uh, coming full you know, f- full circle, basically. And uh, I, for me, that was the match of the night, pretty much. Well, maybe not. I don't know. Yo versus Kenamaro, I really dug as well. But, again, this was kind of the same thing, like, second to last night and it seemed like people were just kind of going through the motions the only guy who really seemed desperate to me on this whole night was yo yeah yo, yo. Was, every single night yo yeah, seemed so desperate. Like, yeah every single match like you can just see like he had great facials like he'd like hit like a move or get like a cradle he'd be like dang it i thought I, i'm so desperate i need to get this win like yo would come out and i'd be like i don't know about this guy and then he'd start performing and i'd be like i know about this guy he's freaking <laughs> awesome yeah. um 
Yeah, just the tassels, bro. Yeah, he's got to lose the tassels. <laughs> but um, that that brings pretty much, and then you know, yeah. Will Osprey beat Tiger Mask. Yeah, that this is probably the weakest Osprey match of the whole yeah. tournament. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, and Tiger Mask's just like, eh, f it, whatever. Like, yeah, I'm not winning this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going over. It's not 2005, you know. Yeah. Um, night 11, best of the Super Juniors, was... Uh, well, that, that was this night 11 we went over. So tw- we're on a 12. Oh, my bad. That's all right. We're on the 12 now, which was a uh, B-block night. Uh, we had Sabin defeating Desperado. Skrull defeating Taguchi. Takahashi defeating Sho. And in the main, Kushida defeating Dragon Lee. Great, 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 great match. So this was... Um, this is good. Um, you know, Chris Saban, what did you think about Chris Saban Desperado? Uh, I thought it was all right. Uh, I found it tough to get through. At this point, yeah. I was like binging, binging, binging. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Chris Saban, I don't know, it was only 12 minutes, but it felt like a 25 minute match for me. Yeah, I mean, like, there was just like no heat for the match. Um, it didn't, neither guy really were like, seemed like they were like in desperation to win. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was fun. And then, you know, Marty Marty and Taguchi was good, you know, but it was a lot of comedy. Yeah. And it was fine, but, and Marty's great at that stuff, but, like, I was just, remember when I said, when we were doing the preview for this, I was like, man, Marty's, like, in almost no main events, and you were kind of mentioning maybe this year they're not really going to showcase him. They yeah. really did not showcase the guy right. on and, this tournament. And I think it's a couple different things. I think they probably didn't showcase him one because, like, he's probably not going to be in the junior title picture anytime soon. So they probably didn't want to put him too forefront. Maybe not even the division. Right. And then also, um, what was my other point? I was going to say about Skrull. Oh, just he, he's gotten so good to adjust. Like, he's so over. He, he doesn't do, need it. Right. He can do less now. And yeah. he, people still, like, pop and give him crazy reactions. Yeah, he has his spot in the company and just in the industry in general is so established that, like, he doesn't have to have, like the most fantastic showing and that's not like an excuse for laziness or anything i'm just saying he doesn't have to be the guy that gets highlighted or or you know displayed for the for, for the whole tournament right because look what's happened we'll talk about it but i mean he's moving right into a big program immediately after the uh after the tournament's over you know what i mean right so he's he's high profile enough to where like he can afford to be kind of on the back burner and then do something big right afterwards. But I was a little little surprised. I didn't think it was a fantastic turn for him by any means. No, definitely not at all. However, I did, I did love the uh, the finish of this match. They did the old, uh, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle spot. Oh, where, where he took off the boot? The rest of 24? Yeah, he unties it. That wasn't 24. That was... Uh, 20. 20. My bad. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of 2004 and then yeah. I said 24. <laughs> Um, yeah, he unties his shoe. Taguchi comes back, puts the ankle lock on, pulls it off, rolls him up. Um, Hiromu and Show, dude, was very good. Yeah, dude, they opened this match up with big strikes and clotheslines, and just really going at it this whole match. Um, Show, I mean, he didn't have the best record in the B block, but he was really out there. Um, going toe-to-toe with these top guys, these former champions, and just really continuing to break out. Yeah, I mean, I had show in, like, 
th- like four really really good matches out of the seven that he he had. So I mean that's and every match he had was good in general. So but he had like four great matches. So yeah, show show is definitely like one of the breakout guys. Like someone who. And we just keep saying it. Like, they did so many favors for this guy in this tournament. Right. I think the other performers know it, too. Especially with him being in a block like this with guys like Skrull, uh, Hiromu, yep. uh, Dragon Lee, yeah. all these stack, these either former champions or just really, really good workers. Well, let's look at the guys that I thought he had great matches with up to this point. Dragon Lee mm-hmm. just was incredible. Yes. Kushida was incredible and then Hiromu and then he had uh, a match on night 13 or night uh, yeah night 13 was with Skrull yeah we'll get to that but all these guys were pretty much former champions or you know are elite guys but he had four very different matches with each one of those guys and still managed to hang with them and and like he can do everything like he's awesome yeah, man, he's gonna he's gonna be a big star in the maybe even heavyweight division, but definitely in the junior division. Um, did you hear the rumors that uh, he's angling for a never title never shot? tile shot? Yeah, he said that like in an interview or something like that, right? I saw someone posted on uh, like Reddit or not Reddit, um, Twitter. Okay. But I think it was like a translation from one of the Japanese magazines while they were doing interviews for the tournament. Yeah. And he was saying that that's his ultimate goal is like he's trying to finesse Yeah. <laughs> Finam. Dude, I would love to see a shock arrow on Goto. What? Oh, man. <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> you want you want Goto to die. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, the main event of this night, Kushida and Dragon Lee. I really love this match. I thought this was a great match. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, I know we criticized like the sense of urgency. I felt like this match did have that sense of urgency. It did because you know what? It legit like set up one like who's gonna have the opportunity to win the tournament. Right. Like this is one of the biggest matches of the whole tournament at this point. Right. Because I mean, both of these guys um, were in at six points right here. Yeah. So, so they needed this one to move up in the block. Um, Pretty much, if you like, this was do or die. If you lost this match. Not that you couldn't win, but I mean, you'd have your to. Your chances are slim. Your chances are so slim after this. You'd need so many things to work out in your favor on the last night. Yeah, I mean, this match, I mean, it was a great pace. They did a lot of uh, good submissions, a lot of big uh, moves and dives. Two guys that work different styles, but came off as like almost being like mirror images of each other but in a weird way like you know like they don't have the same background but because their characters are very similar and yeah. like their drive and determination they like mirrored each other a lot throughout the match and they like they that was the story was that like neither guy could get the upper hand over the other one that like every time one guy thought he was ahead the other guy would kind of jump ahead and outsmart him yeah and uh yeah there's a lot of drama in this match yeah loved it so, uh, ultimately, Kushida ends up uh, getting the win. Uh, he hit the Back to the Future out of nowhere, which is something else I liked. kind of like what I was mentioning, how they were always, like, one step ahead of each other. It wasn't like one guy, like, caught, you know, one dude and then set him up for his finisher and all that. Even though, like, the Back to the Future is a finisher, he kind of caught it. Like, it wasn't set up and all that. He... Caught him out of nowhere. nowhere, right? Yeah. So it was like a flash finish. And yeah. So it was like he he out he had to outthink uh, Dragon Lee basically, 
And uh, that was pretty much it for Dragon Lee at that point. And it sent Kushida, you know, with eight points going into the finals, giving him a very good shot at winning this, you know, the B block. Yeah. So that moves us on to night 13, which telling you right now, this is a show of the year candidate. Yeah. All singles matches from both blocks. And this was just that makes it a show of the year candidate. Yeah. I mean, this was like (laughs) a great show from top to bottom. Um, opened up with ACH defeating Tiger Mask. ACH comes out with a Tiger Mask on. He loves Tiger Mask for, um, and so he was paying tribute to him. Um, it's kind of weird that he loves Tiger Mask for in particular so much. When like, why not love the the original Tiger Mask? But. Yeah, I mean, I've never, I don't know enough about ACH to say, like, he loves Tiger Mask 4 specifically, Mm -hmm. but apparently, like, I guess that's what Dave Meltzer was saying, was that, like, that's the one that he likes and idolizes, and I don't get it, man. He's not Sayama. (laughs) Yeah. He's not Mizawa, like, (laughs) we don't really know who Tiger Mask 4 is, but uh, I I did think, I don't know, that's interesting to me, you know? Yeah, and it's funny, uh, throughout, you know, we had Chase Owens on commentary. Oh, yeah. was hilarious the whole night. Uh, I thought Chase was fine. I don't know, I was cracking up. I know you really liked him, and it seemed like a lot of people liked him, and I'm a huge Chase mark, so, but I thought, I think that with time he'll get better. I thought, like, of all the uh, English-speaking guys that they brought in, he did better. Yeah. But um, I don't know. He still he seemed like it was like one liners. Right. That's like all. It, That's all it was. But I don't know. I guess I enjoyed that. But in this match, he hey, like, you like what you like, man. He was a uh, <laughs> kind of like joking about ACH being Tiger the Dark. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he was, was like, like, he seems so comfortable in that, that mask. mask. Yeah, it looks so familiar. I can't put my finger on it. So and yeah, Kevin Kelly kept being like, "We'll talk about it later. We're not doing this here." Right. <laughs> Kevin Kelly stopping that man from exposing the business. Uh, but yeah, this was a quick eight-minute match. Uh, nothing too special here. I mean, ACH at this point is two and four. Tiger Mask is three and three. Neither guy. Everyone. They're pretty much both out at this point. Right. Um, ACH. He got the win here. He countered the Tiger Suplex into a cradle. Yeah. So, ACH picks up two points, at giving him a three and four mark, and ti- and giving Tiger Mask a three and four mark. So, yeah, um, good tournament for both of those guys. Yeah, big show of respect at the end there. Yeah, I was worried. I was like, is Tiger Mask gonna think that this is a disrespect, and he's gonna just start like like palm striking him? Yeah, or like, like shooting on like shooting on this dude. <laughs> like, what's gonna happen? Shooting like a young boy. <laughs> uh, so the next up, we had uh, Bushi against Kanamaru. Bushi went in three and three. Kanamaru's two and four. We know these guys have been rivaling over the junior tag titles with Lij versus Suzuki Goon. Um, yeah, so kind of like continued that whole uh, storyline. And I know earlier in the tournament, Desperado had picked up a win over Hiromu. Right. So this was kind of like the flip side of that. Right. If, if Bushi could win here, it, it probably would have given them a little uh, leverage. leverage to get a junior tag title match. But he was he failed to win. Um, Kanemaru got the win here. Um, I like Bushi's backslide. You remember the spot where... Uh, Kanemaru had the Satori uh, surprise, and he was going to spray it out. Yeah, and then he covered his mouth and blew the mist in his face and rolled him up. 
And he didn't get the one, two, three off of it, which really surprised me because that roll up was sick. And yeah. it's not much that Bushi's done in this whole tournament that I've liked. I literally don't think I've liked almost any Bushi match the whole tournament, including the Will Ospreay match. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is, man. I don't I think Will I think Bushi like flosses and stunts so hard with his masks and, and his, his gimmicks suits. and stuff yeah. because he's not really all that talented. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not big on Bushi. Like, he has the Bushi Rooney and all that, but this tournament was one of those tournaments where, like, you really need to, like, show up and do something. And I mean, like, I just, I wasn't even a little bit impressed with Bushi. Yeah. Kanemaru... It wasn't like I loved Kinemaru either, but the, he had, like, shining moments. There were certain matches where he did well. Yeah, he definitely, that whole, like, grumpy, yeah. heel character really worked well with some of the opponents. Bushi's just, like, too cool for school. He's doing the whole Tranquilo thing. Like, yeah. I'm just like, but he's not really that good or that talented. And, oh, and Chase Owens kept talking about how no one likes him. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Like, a lot of people say that on commentary. So I'm wondering, like, what is that deal? Like, if there's, like, a backstory. Is it, like, a legit thing or is it just, like, a like a rib or what is it? I yeah. don't know. But, yeah. So, uh, Kanemaru ends up getting, um, you know, hit, hit him with the Whiskey Mist, Deep Impact for the finish. One, two, three. This wasn't bad, but it wasn't, you know, yeah. good. It, yeah. It tied both of those guys up. At three and four with six points apiece. Uh, then we moved into a B-block match with uh, Taguchi against Chris Sabin. Taguchi come in two and four, Sabin three and three. Uh, there was some comedy in this match. Uh, I mean, it's a Taguchi match. Yeah. I just wish, like, Taguchi never turned it on, really. Like, there's a, there's a few moments in certain matches, and then he had that great match with Takahashi. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Usually... We did not get tournament Taguchi this we year. Did, we did not. It, it was weird, but I guess it's just one of those things. I mean, he was in a really stacked block, and I know Taguchi is a, yeah. gra- he's a great worker, but you look at him compared to the guys that he's in there with and how they're pushed all year long yeah, I was gonna compared say, like, to how he's pushed. Not just the talent side of things because it's not all about the talent. Like, Taguchi's as talented as anybody else that wrestles that's out there. It's the kayfabe side. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, is he, Taguchi going to beat all these dudes? Yeah, like... Although all, I kind of thought he would play spoiler and, like, win quite a few and do well because that's just what he does. Yeah, well, I mean, he did have that upset over Kushida. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, all year long he's booked in these, you know, eight man, ten man tags with um, Team Taguchi Japan. Meanwhile, you got guys like Hiromu and Skrull and um, Takahashi. Champions. Uh, they're cha- former champions, champions. And well, he is too. Yeah. But I'm consistent. But, but they're they're yeah. being booked and on that level currently. Consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Taguchi and Chris Sabin. They, they, they have a good match, 11 minutes. Um, I did like the, the like, ending sequence with the, uh, with the ankle lock. Yeah. It was a little bit sloppy, but the, it was good transitioning. Really, really, really good. And it was, like, this is what I was talking about. Like, little shadows of Tournament Taguchi would, like, kind of come out. And this was one of those moments where, like, solid match with a really good finish. Yeah. Yeah, he hit the uh, Dodon and then went back to the ankle lock and got Saban to tap out. And, uh, yeah, so Saban. And that ended his uh, tournament run with three and four. Taguchi with three and four. So 
these last three matches, all all six guys end with three and four. Yeah, kind of makes it difficult for you to win the tournament if you've only got six points. Um, and that brings us to Dragon Lee, who's at this point three and three, taking on El Desperado, who was two and four. And dude, this match was this was the first match that started what is one of the best runs of matches on a single card all year long. Yeah. Um, Dragon Lee came out there with the uh, Shibata t-shirt. Yeah, I liked that. What's the backstory with that? Because I wasn't too sure. I was I was trying to figure out. They mentioned a little bit on commentary in the in an, uh, Wrestling Observer Radio something about like Dragon Lee like being a big fan of Shibata. Who isn't? Right. <laughs> and I don't know if there's more. Like, I don't know if they've actually met before, if they're friends, or if they've trained together, or wrestled together, or what. I imagine that they're, like, best friends, <laughs> and that they've trained together, and that, like, Dragon Lee is helping. They have, they have a, a ring together, like Kenny and uh, Bushi. I see it more like Rocky Three. He's, like, helping Shibata get the Eye of the Tiger back. Gotcha. And there's going to be, like, a montage of them running on the beach in, like, short shorts and, like, tank tops. And they're, like, trying to race each other as hard as they can. And then and then they're, like, jumping up and hugging each other. like, And then they, like, get still frames, like, frozen there. <laughs> and that's how I see it. <laughs> it's a very uh, interesting view on it. We will be doing a Rocky podcast one of these days. Caleb Baldwin, if you're listening. Rich Latta, I know you're listening. James Boyd, I know you're not. We will be doing a Rocky podcast one of these days. It's my favorite movie. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, he's wearing the Shibata shirt and Desperado kind of uh, disrespects it. And then we get the hot start there with Dragon Lee, with that big dive, and then just things just blew up from there. Yeah, these guys just started going at it, man. Yeah, they were going ham and a lot of ripping back and forth of each other's masks. Um, and then we get to the point where Dragon Lee, like... I don't know. He'd already ripped Dragon Lee's mask like pretty substantially at one point, but not enough to where like it, it, I mean his identity is still concealed, but Dragon Lee just freaking, freaking ripped. He ripped Desperado. it like till it was nothing. And then, like there's a lot of question of whether or not that was planned. Uh, we had a question from a uh, gentlemanly dragon. He was like, was it just me or was Dragon Lee really for a shoot sorry about tearing Despy's mask no. so much in their best of Super Junior match? He said his expression reminded me of Booker T's face after his Hogan promo. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk Hogan? We coming for you. We uh, coming for you. No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> um... Yeah, I didn't know if they, his mask was supposed to rip that much. This is the second night of the tournament where Desperado got his mask ripped, right? Yeah. He it also he also got the white mask ripped. Who was that against? Was that the against Hiromu? Yeah. But, I mean, this was, like, completely, like, ripped. We were watching this, and I was, like, thinking to myself, I was like, if I was a wrestler, and I was spending money on these gimmicks, right? Someone ripped my mask... They better ask my like permission before the match starts. Right. Yeah. I tw- or or they better pay me some money or something. Yeah. I was doing some tweeting on our Twitter account at Ki Strong Style, and I was at like, Ki Strong Style. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. If I was a luchador and somebody ripped my mask, we'd have heat. Ooh, I'd be pissed, dude. I'd be pissed because I don't know how much a mask costs, but I imagine they're expensive. Well, I know like Bushi talks about spending like three, four thousand. I'd be like, yo, this is my only mask, like on the whole tour. Like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. Yeah, bro, like, I'm going to have to, like, borrow, like, 
almost like a buy a mask from like the merch stand. Maybe, maybe they'll end up work, uh, wearing their non-working mask. Oh their yeah, pu- their public the, the public mask. mask. <laughs> um, which side note, I think it's hilarious that um, friend of the show Blanco Loco. He'll be interviewed. Like, I see, like, on Facebook, like, he'll be, like, in Disney World, like, the movie theaters, like, wearing his mask. And I think it's hilarious. I, I've i seen his true identity. I know. Yeah, well, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've seen it, too. But I just, it's funny that I feel like he, he as far as, like, picture-wise, he tries to portray that he wears the mask everywhere he goes. Oh, he does. Uh, only I was revealed his true identity. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, back to this. Yeah, he ripped the mask. But the cool thing was Desperado was able to use his hair to cover his face. He worked, like, the last two or three minutes of this match with his hair in his face and concealed his identity and still was able to perform. Yeah, I mean, it would, I think you'd mentioned and said that that was the first time you'd ever seen that, right? What, the... Uh, the fact of him, like, using his hair to conceal his identity. Yeah, yeah. And, like, for me, I... I want to say, I think Liger had to do that in the uh, Naoki Sano, Sano match in 1990. Their, that was their fourth match, which was like match of the year for Wrestling Observer. Just classic. Really, 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 really. It's like one of the bloodiest uh, New Japan matches ever. And Sano, I, don't, I never know if it's Sano or Sano. I don't know. But uh, Naoki just freaking rips Liger's mask off and he's bleeding everywhere. And, and like, they're actually, they actually refer to him by his, uh, um, what is his? Uh, Kiji Yamada. Mm. Yeah, they're like, Kiji, Kiji. Because <laughs> they, they know that, like, you know, it's not at, it's not the same thing as like in Mexico. They know the guys under the mask who they really are. Yeah, and they're like Kiji. <laughs> but like, yeah, but he was still trying to maintain some kayfabe. And so when Liger had hair, because I don't know if he does have hair anymore. I don't think he does. I, I can't tell. Um, but he definitely he was trying to conceal his hair or his. Uh, identity with his hair as well, which was very similar to like what Desperado was doing. Oh, you know what? We didn't even talk about. I guess we'll talk about it later. It's fine. We're, we're just going to the matches. There was a big something. There was a big announcement the night before, and we we like glossed over it. Oh yeah. Or actually, was it on this night? Uh, it was. It was this night. Okay, we'll yeah, get yeah. to. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's actually after this match. But uh, to finish this matchup, um, Desperado, um, he um, he hit a low blow and cradled Dragon Lee for the pin here. Post mm. post match, he ripped off Dragon Lee's mask, and Dragon Lee tweeted out. Um, uh, mask first mask. I think I found my new opponent. So I don't know if that's actually gonna happen, but yeah, I mean, I would love to see them do a mask versus mask match. Uh, Dragon Lee's been in two of them and never lost, and he hasn't yeah. lost yet. So yeah. you know, that's one of the things. Like in Mexico, if you uh, win numerous of those, it adds prestige to your mask. Right, so that- it makes your mask more valuable. Yep, like uh, Atlantis. Atlantis. Yep. Yeah, but um, this was. I thought that this was very, very, very good, and I, I'm all, I'm all in on Desperado and Dragon. Oh League. yeah, man, this match had tons of heat. The crowd was really into this thing. And I then, um, so basically, this match ends, and then we suddenly uh, saw Hanma Mania. Yeah, the recently married Hanma comes out. Hanmania. Big pop. Um, comes out and he announces that he will be returning to action 
on June 23rd during the Kazuna Road Tour. So how long has it been? Six months, a year? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. I should have looked, probably should have that ready. Um, I'll look it up. Tomoaki uh, Hama, though, just, this was a guy who toiled for years and years and years, you know, trying to, like, make it. Um... You know, like he's been in New Japan, but he was always like portrayed as like a, a jobber and a geek. He was in Great Bash Heel and just, you know, was never able to like really break through like the glass ceiling. Right. Until like the last few years, like with his G1 runs and then like his feud with Ishii. And he was still portrayed for the most part as a jobber, but like he was the guy who would go into the G1 and be lose a spoiler. Every. No, he would lose right. every single match and it would be like. Is he going to win a single, single match? match. Yeah, <laughs> and um, that's that that endeared Hanma like to the fans. Like, like his runs in the G One are like some of the most legendary because he every night he'd have fantastic match uh, after fantastic match. He just couldn't beat anybody <laughs> <laughs> until finally, like after he like he he finally like defeated Ishii and then like the, uh you know him and Makabe were t- tag teaming they finally like they won the tag tournaments they finally started to give him a push they won the tag titles and everything like that and then um yeah March 3rd in 2017 uh he took uh uh Hung rope DDT from Jado, the, the kind that Randy Orton does. Yeah. Hangman's DDT. And yeah, it broke his neck. It couldn't move. They had to stop the match. Uh, they thought he, he injured his cer- uh, cervical vertebrae. And it was pretty much announced that, like, he was maybe never going to wrestle again. Right. And, like, he couldn't move. Like, they thought he was going to be paralyzed. And now the dude is going to be working again and on June 23rd. It's going to be him and Makabe. Um, they put out a challenge, so I don't know who they'll be wrestling, but it'll be at the Kazuna Road Show. Yeah, open challenge. So, so I mean, yeah, we talked about this back in December. Like, we'd give you an update when we heard something about Hanma, and, like, this, they kind of kept it, like, low-key and under wraps, and, like, yeah, Hanma's back, man. So, yeah. um, I'm can we see the reformation of Great Bash Heel with Makabe, Hanma, and, um, uh, well, okay, well, they are I'm, Great Bash I'm, Heel. Yeah, I'm blanking on, um, what's the young, the young boy that teams with Makabe? Um, you're talking about, uh, why am I not remembering his name right now? You not remembering it is making not remember it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yes. Toa Hanari. Uh, yeah. Wow. You think Toa Hanari is going to join Great Bash Heel with them? Could be. I mean, Makabe has been been his guy. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, that's definitely like something that could happen. Um, maybe Tenzan will rejoin. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah. So I mean. Yeah, I mean, like final members of Great Bash Heel that are still together and they tag. So, yeah. um, I think that I think that that's gonna be a very emotional moment when he finally does come back. And I, I think it'll be like a front runner for like uh, Fighting Spirit award. award. Yep, 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 yep. So, um, congratulations, Hama. We're glad to see you back. I can't wait to see the Kokashi. Want to yeah. see somebody get headbutted? Hanma Mania running gonna be running wild, brother. And um, that brings us to the last couple matches of, of Night 13. So we ended up, um, after Dragon Lee and Desperado, uh, we got Will Ospreay versus Flip Gordon. Oh, man. The Flip Forever match. Yeah. Dude, uh, if you what love, are your thoughts here? Dude, I love this match. <laughs> this was amazing. Like, dude, if you love high spots, if you love high flying, 
this was the match for you. Um, these guys literally flip after flip, um, dive after dive, landing on their feet from that's crazy what, dives. That's what was just driving me, like throwing me off, or not even throwing me off, just like, I was just like, how do they do this? Like, I feel like my ankles would shatter. Yeah, bro. Like, I'm just like, how, how are they so perfect all the time? Like, wh- what can you do in your own free time to like make yourself as a human being be prepared to do this sort of stuff? You yeah. Know? And um, I thought this was a really good showing from Flip Gordon. Probably one of his best matches of the, the tournament next to the ACH match. I really, I know, I think I might like this one a little bit better than the ACH match. Um, but I mean, yeah, lots of great high spots and near falls. Um, both of these guys just doing only the things that these two guys could do. Yeah, that's one of the things I enjoyed about it. I didn't think in any sense that it was uh, like a classic as far as like. You know, it wasn't like a uh, catch as catch can like showcase, but the I don't know what's the the athleticism of what they can do. Yeah, is just out of this world. Plus, they are both very good workers. I I feel like Will Osprey right now is where like Flip could be in a few years as far as like being a great worker. Yeah, because Flip's still like Flip's very impressive and he has a lot of great qualities, but it's a lot of things he's missing. He's right. a very incomplete worker right yeah, now. I mean, he's still he's still young in the game. He's yeah. only has like three years of experience. But his athleticism, man, it's it's literally like they're very. I mean, when it comes to the flips and all that. He is in the same league as Ricochet and as as Will Ospreay already yeah. right now. Yeah. I don't think that this w- was in anywhere near the, the kind of like league that you know. I wouldn't say that this was like Osprey versus Ricochet or anything like that. No, but, but I mean, for someone like me who binge watched this entire <laughs> tournament and was just like back to back to back, and I was just this was like just last night that I watched this. Yeah, and I was like pretty tired this placement on the card was like the perfect placement um the thing though one of the interesting things was like will's going in with four point or with eight points flip's going in with six so at this point really flip can win he has to beat will osprey and then has to hope ishimori loses yeah so that he and that's his only way of winning yeah where so he's almost basically playing spoiler whereas if will wins then he has an opportunity to win as long as Yo, Yo wins. beats yeah. Ishimori. So it creates a very interesting scenario. But these guys were both hungry. They really, really, really wanted it. Um, this was probably the flippiest match of, of the tournament. I don't yeah. know if I liked it better than ACH and, and Flip. I really liked the ACH and Flip match. Yeah. But yeah, man. It's a lot of great stuff here. Definitely, I recommend watching this match. Uh, would you say it was what do you think was Will Ospreay's best match of the tournament up to this point? Was it this or would you say like the Ishimori match? Um, it, it'd be between this and the Ishimori match. Probably, probably leaning more towards the Ishimori match. The Ishimori match was good, or the, yeah. the ACH match was good too. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. But yeah, this was this was one of the like wildest matches of the tournament by far and that's that's something i really appreciated about this tournament it's just how many different types of matches in years past we didn't get this sort of thing we did not get this wide variety of different types of matches you know what i mean right you had a hybrid of styles 
this um, is yeah showcase in this tournament. Yeah, I mean the this is a tournament that really did like elevate the junior division in in New Japan. You know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Will Osprey ends up getting the win over Flip. You know, let us you know tell us what happened. Yeah, so pretty much coming down to the end, Osprey hit a super kick, and then the SX Destroyer, Gordon kicks out, Osprey uh, takes Gordon up top, uh, follows him up, and Osprey looks for a top rope Stormbreaker. Which I don't think you can do. Without, like, killing them. <laughs> I don't think it's one of those things that can physically be done. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just like, how would you even do that? Yeah, I, I can't even picture it. I can't either. So, but uh, Gordon fought out. They trade strikes on top. Osprey then hits the Ozcutter Oz out of midair and falls up with the Stormbreaker. Yep. Gets the win and gets 10 points and has a chance of winning the block. Great match. One of Flip's best in the tournament. Um, you know, it, it's something where, you know, they made it seem like Gordon could have definitely won, and he had a really, really, really solid tournament, and yeah. it sets up a scenario where Osprey can win the tournament at this point if, if everything goes right for him. Um, that brings us to the A block, the final A block match of the regular tournament, where we get Taiji Ishimori versus Yo, and it's real simple at this point. If Ishimori wins, he's the A block uh, champion because of the fact that he will finish with the tie <laughs> against Will Ospreay, but he won on the first night against Will Ospreay. If he loses, he will end with eight points. Osprey has ten, and Osprey wins wins yeah, the A block for the third year in a row. All right. But that did not happen for Osprey. Um, Ishimori was able to defeat Yo. However, Throughout this match, man, they got they had me hooked. I honestly felt several times throughout this match that Yo was going to get um, the upset victory over Ishimori. I mean, he hit was literally kind of like what we were talking about him, where he goes into that desperation mode, and he uh, Yo was just trying everything he could, every big move pinning combination he possibly could yeah i we talked about this and i was already kind of spoiled on the finals at this point so we were talking about it and you're like yeah the yo versus ishimori match is great and i was like yeah i bet it is and you're like dude i kept thinking yo was gonna win and i was like no way like because it just obviously we both predicted yo, our ishimori to win the tournament and yeah. to win the block so it's like how would you even think that yo could possibly win and then last night we watched this match, and with me knowing full well what's going to happen, I was like, yo, yo's about to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> you get a word. Like, I was like, I told, like, you you told me that you were getting, like, basically what you thought, and I was like, you were getting worked. And then yeah. I watched it, and I was, get, I let myself get worked. Work. I was like, man, yo's really good. <laughs> I was like, yo, yo's about to beat this man. Like, he had like four or five near falls in a row and like, they made him look like a star in this match. Yeah, and then I think too, that also helped. You had um, Osprey On the outside. At, on the outside, um, trying to act like he cared about his chaos brother. <laughs> but in reality, we all know Osprey just cares about himself and just wanted yo to win so that he could win the block. That's totally true. He does <laughs> just care about himself. Because he, why wasn't he there for show? Why wasn't he there for me? <laughs> WrestleMania weekend when I needed him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to put us over. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Ishimori um, 
you know, basically he survives this unbelievable barrage of near falls from Yo, uh, and then ends up um, countering the O'Connor roll into a cross face. Yo fights as much as he possibly can, but eventually has to succumb to. Um, it wasn't even the crossface. It's, it's the it's the, um, it's the label lock. Yeah, but um, yeah, Ishimori defeats Yo or Yo at 15 minutes via submission, and to me, this was Yo's best match of the tournament. Oh yeah, it was great. I mean, the layout of the whole match was great. The crowd was into it. Bunch of drama with Yo fighting with all he had. Like I mentioned, you had Osprey out there. What about Osprey's face at the end of the match? It was oh, like a gif. Dude, and that, that camera shot was perfect with Osprey, like the press, and then like Ishimori, like in the yeah. back, over the shoulder, like behind him, yeah. like in his shadow kind of looking thing. And yeah. so I just I felt so proud to be right about the guy winning the block. And I think we had the both of us booked the same scenario, basically, that these guys would end up tying. And with Ishimori getting the tiebreaker and kind of going on. And I'm sure we're not the only ones who booked it that way. I, listeners, we, we, I think a lot of us probably think like Gato. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'll be going through the brackets uh, this week, and we'll announce yeah. the we'll announce the winner we have next week. A lot week. of those to go through. Yeah, and I was gonna like print those out at work and like finesse and use paper and ink, but it's like 480 pages because of like the multiple options of matches. So yeah. 480 pages. Yeah, because of all like one entry has like all those multiple matches on it. So it's a lot of pages just for. I don't understand how 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 can't how come you can't just get it all on one page? Because of the way the Google form was, not the spreadsheet. Oh, remember, not everybody. I use the spreadsheet. Most people did the Google form. Man, y'all lazy. Only there was only a (laughs) few people that did the spreadsheet. Who was it that told us to use that Google form? It was someone on on Reddit. They were like, yeah. they were like why don't you guys just do a Google cool. form? Yeah. Yeah, thanks, guy. Now, <laughs> now we can't even get our freaking brackets off. Well, it looks like no one's getting the free shirt. I guess I got to get the the free shirt. No, no, no. I'll be I'll be <laughs> add, I won't print them out, but I will be adding the point. I'll be going through the brackets on well, my computer. We just got to see like who had the most accurate points total. That's the simple way. Right, yeah. Whoever's the closest is the winner. Yeah, so we'll figure all that out and announce the t-shirt winner. Oh, by the way, uh there was someone here, I'm going to shout him out, actually, because I was online. And, I, guys, if you're interacting with us online, it's always Jeremy. <laughs> it's cool. literally, like, never me because I'm terrible at, uh, at like, responding to stuff. Well, as far as Twitter, you have your own, your own Reddit account. I don't barely use it, bro. <laughs> but um, Dan J. Barnsley replied uh, just the other day, and he said that he got 37 matches out of the 56 accurate. And he's like, for my first go, I'm really happy. And I was like, hey, man, you know, that's really impressive. I think he got more than I did. I think I only ended up with like 32. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, we're recording night, so I'll give you a shout-out. So Dan J. Barnsley, 37. You probably didn't win the free T-shirt, my friend, but you did really well, and you definitely beat me. And yeah, I know. You, I haven't added mine up, but I know you beat me. You definitely beat Jeremy. Um, but, yeah, we'll add all those up. I mean, who knows? Maybe he does get the win with 37. Um, Maybe. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, I was talking to, uh, to Richard Latta today, and uh, he actually was with someone who was a fan of our show, so uh, his, his uh, buddy Zach. Zach, who I don't even know. And I, he's like, yo, he's like, Zach was like, what's up? And I was like, hey, man. He's like, I listen to your show. And I was like, great. He's like, I sent in a bracket. And uh, he's like, he's like, I got the finals right. So am I getting the free shirt? And I was like, I don't know, but I'll give you a shout out on the show. <laughs> shout out to Zach. 
Who knows? Maybe you won the shirt. Stay tuned for next week. Zach, it would be sweet if you won the shirt because we'll just buy the shirt and we'll just hand deliver it to you. Oh, yeah. Save us a ton on shipping costs. Yeah, or uh, <laughs> I think Ben did pretty good in the tournament, too. Who's so, Ben? Or uh, Jimmy Flips. Jimmy Flips is the only person I know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be another uh, hand delivery there. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a winner in, like, Japan or the UK or Australia. It's not going to be a hand delivery. <laughs> not hand delivering. I would love to go there, but maybe maybe Chris, if, if Chris Bryan did, maybe. Oh, yeah. Co-host of uh, Grown Men Watch This Shit. I think he's coming here. Oh, he's coming to the States? I think so. He's coming to Daytona? Or just, and just coming? I think he's coming to Atlanta. Oh, okay. We got to hit him up. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, so let's let's get back to the conclusion of this night. Um, so next up was Skull. yeah Marty Skrull taking on Show. Uh, Marty Skrull did was still alive. If he if he won this match and then he had to hope for Kushida and Hiromu to tie in order for him to win the block. So it was kind of. Even if he won, very slim chances of him winning. Who, Marty? Yeah, winning the overall block. How would that work out if he beat... So he had to beat Sho, and then Hiromu and Kushida would have to tie. How would that make him the winner? Because they would both end with nine points. Oh, so they would have to go to, like, a draw. Yeah. Okay, because you said tie. I was like, if they both have equal points. Sorry, yeah, tie limit draw. Time limit draw. Okay, so then they end up with nine points and he'd, he'd win. Ten. Yeah, because he already lost to both of them, basically. Right. So this basically had no meaning behind it except for it's just for pride. Right. Mm, gotcha. I mean, I mean, they did they did kind of paint that picture that it, that draw could happen, but I mean, re- hey, real, realistically, it, it has happened before. Though yeah. I'm I'm being pessimistic and being like, oh no, I guess it. But hey, uh, Hiroki Goto did make it into the finals one yep, time. Yep. And the way that was booked, no one ever, no one no one saw that, that coming. No. Uh, but yeah, Show was able to get the big upset victory here. Yeah, this was the this is definitely the biggest like win of the tournament for him and the biggest win of his like singles career. Yeah. Uh, first time these guys ever wrestled too. Yeah, I mean this was a really great match. Um, it's a lot of good back and forth. Uh, Squirrel was the aggressor in this match. Um, you know the more experienced guy, but Show was still fighting back and had a lot of great offense. Yeah, Show freaking killed it, man. I mean the match with Dragon Lee. Kushida, Takahashi, and then now this match. Like, Show just was a stud in this tournament, man. Yeah. And I mean, in this match, man, just continue to, you know, mix that power. What'd you, what'd you think of um, Chase Owens being upset about the shock arrow? Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> hilarious. He's like, yeah, man, he's using my move. He's gonna pay me for that. He basically is using his move. All he's doing is crossing, crossing the, the arms. arms. Nothing else is different. Right. And it, like that's the move that Chase is known for in New Japan. Um, except Chase doesn't win that much. <laughs> yeah, he does. And uh, he was like, I already, I already taught Squirrel how to the counter to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't crossing the arm, so it's different. Right. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, this match was really, really, really good. I mean. Br- Think about this. Desperado versus Lee. Osprey versus Flip. Ishimori Yo and then Show versus Girl. All about four stars, man. Yeah. You can't really ask for more. Like, this is... Like, we talked about how good night one was. 
this night blew night one out of the water, bro. Oh, yeah. Like, blew it out of the water. Incredible. And then big upset win for a show. Like, show ended up with, what, six points in this tournament? Yes. I did not have show winning three matches in this tournament. I, th- I have to look back at my bra- I think I did have him winning at least three. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> um, and then that brings us to our final match of the night, which is the de facto B-block finals. So we get Hiromu Takahashi, four and two. Um, Kushida, four and two. Obviously, we kind of know the history between Hiromu and Kushida going back to last year, which I would call that like the junior like feud of the year. Oh, yeah, definitely. And this match did not fail to deliver it for me it's one of the absolute best matches of the entire tournament yeah this match this was a tremendous match and it just continued to add to their rivalry and you know these guys know each other so well now and um, if you've been watching their their rivalry there's a lot of callbacks to moves and counters and stuff from previous matches Um, both guys working their submissions you know the Hoverboard lock and the um, triangle, and I mean, just how this match even started up. I mean, it was basically like five minutes of just collar and elbow tie lock up, trying to figure each other out. Yeah, trying to get the upper hand. Um, but yeah, after that, man, the intensity just kept going up. Uh, the crowd was in it. There was a lot of drama. But in the end, it was the ticking time bomb. You know, this is one of those matches I'm going to have to go back and watch because for me, I will say this. I'll just be transparent. After after watching 50, 50 other matches, <laughs> yeah, like it got tough. It got tough for me, like honestly. And I was like, I just remember the emotion of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'll have to rewatch it to, to catch, like, the technical stuff. But the crowd was so into it. The emotion of it is what really stood out to me. And the the drama at the end with a submission teases and then the final submission, like, that that high drama at the very, the, like, last five minutes is what really drew me into that match. Yeah. And then, I mean, this match had a pretty crazy finish where uh, Takahashi, like, just dropped Kushida on his head. It's like oh, double yeah. underhook pile driver thing. You mean you mean Hiroma did? Yeah. Yeah, he dropped Kushida on his head. Yeah, that, that when that happened, I could not believe. That's some All Japan 1990, like, six Dude, stuff. I, like, popped so hard. I was like, oh, my. I didn't even, bro, honestly, I didn't pop for it. I was scared. I was well, like. like not, I didn't pop, like, not in a good way. I was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. I'm like. Like, why are they doing this? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's certain things I just don't think the guy should be doing. And, like, dropping a guy free, like, free fall on their head like that. Like, these guys are professionals and they can mitigate some of the damage. But that's a move. It's too dangerous. I, yeah. I don't care. Like, someone's going to get severely, severely hurt. And if not, they're still going to have their career shortened. Like, I don't, I did not like that move at all. Yeah, he did that and then locked on the uh, triangle. Yeah, I wish I, I like that it's a triangle choke, but I almost feel like he should have a name for it. I think he does have a name for it, but I don't remember what it's what he calls it. Yeah, I think he had him in the triangle, right? And then he got out, and then he dropped him on his head, and then put him back in it. Yeah, was that how it went? Yep. And at that point, like Kushida had no no choice but to tap out, and man, this 
he's tapping like I don't remember uh, Hiromu like ever tapping anybody out, and then all of a sudden like he's tapped everybody like, out. Yeah, in the whole tournament, pretty it's been much. like a nice little wrinkle to add into his. Man, uh, he's so much more dangerous in the storyline. Like the the storytelling, like in New Japan, is just it's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's great. Incredible. So yeah, so Hiromu got the win here, and I was kicking myself. Uh, Why? Because of my one of my my original bracket, I had Takahashi winning the B block, but I let myself get worked. I didn't work you. <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me? Okay, uh, listeners, I spoke from my own opinion and of my own cognizance, but I didn't like say, Jeremy, your idea I, about Takahashi. I know, but you're 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 just so convincing and you're you're very knowledgeable. I'm a good talker. <laughs> That's why we do this podcast you're every a good, week. You're a good promo. But I'm not always right. <laughs> I don't always know who's going to win. In fact, like I said, there's fifty six matches or fifty two and I only got thirty or is it fifty six? I don't know. There's a lot of matches. Yeah. That's all I know. And I still think Kushida should have gone to the final. Well, maybe not, but <laughs> <laughs> I I I did leg- I I thought that Kushida was going to go to the finals cuz I thought Ishimori needed a good foil to defeat to establish his like dominance. Yeah. And that's why I did it. And I still think that that would be a great way to go. And they just they didn't go that way, okay? <laughs> and um, I don't know why you're kicking yourself because you, I, should, I, you should always follow me. No, because I, I wanted to be right. <laughs> I wanted to be right too. I thought I honestly thought I was right. Actually, I did not see. I didn't think Karoma was going to beat Kushida. But you know what? It's one of those things again. There are little, not always, but there are sometimes little things with New Japan, little giveaways that like you look back in hindsight and you kick yourself in the head, and it's like. We should have known once this dude started triangle choking everybody to death that he was, like, going to do well in this tournament. Yeah. And, like, that was the giveaway. Like, he had a new move. When a guy gets a new move, it's kind of a big deal. They get it over, and then they start – they use it to uh, get pickup wins. Yeah. So, yeah, Hiromu wins the B block. We had Ishimori coming out for a little face-off there, and the finals were set for – a block winner Ishimori to take on the B block winner Romu Takahashi. So now we're on to the finals. How excited were you for this finals? Oh man, I was so hyped. <laughs> and um, so we'll just kind of go through a couple things here real quick. So the night started with Chris Sabin and Flip Gordon taking on uh, Umino and Tiger Mask. Six minute forty, six minute uh, forty second match. Nice way for, you know, uh, Chris Saban and Flip Gordon to kind of cap off the tour. They got to wrestle, you know, Tiger Mask and one of the young boys showed to Umino. Um, Umino got to shine in this match. Flip picks up the win, which kind of is a nice way to kind of send him off. We don't yeah. know if we'll be seeing ACH or, or I'm sorry, Saban or Flip again in the future. But, you know, they both had really good tournaments. Um, takes us into the second match. Ishii, Yano, and Yoshihashi, the team of Chaos, taking on uh, Suzuki-Gun, Takamichinoku, Izuka, and Minoru Suzuki. This is exactly what you would expect it to be. <laughs> yep, yeah, nothing, yeah, no surprise here. Yano gets a low blow on Taka and cradles for the win. Suzuki's pissed, kills young boys after the match. 
and uh, Chris Sabin joins the commentary at this point. Which I thought Chris Sabin sucked on commentary. Oh, I just so say. Dude, I saw some people that were like, "Oh, Sabin was good." I was like, "Nah, dude, that was Sabin Mark." And no, he was not. Good. He was bad. Like half the time, like he didn't even say anything. Give me bad luck, fella. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. You think I'm joking about that? I thought Fale was better, like much better. Um, yeah, it was Dave Finley. Dave, me, Dave Finley, man. I bet you Juice would be great on commentary. Oh, oh yeah. Um, so yeah, so then that took us to the third match of the night. We got Rapongi 3K showing Yo, as well as Hiroki Hiroki Goto, the team of Chaos, taking on Suzuki Goon, uh, Desperado, Kanemaru, and Taichi. And you know this was what it was. It's just something to kind of set up a match between. Well, we already set up two matches. Two matches, yeah. Yeah, Show and Yo against Desperado and Kanemaru for the junior tag titles, and then there's the three-way never title match with Goto, Taichi, and Elgin. So it's good to see Show and Yo kind of reunite after their tournament run, and then um, ultimately see them like kind of reestablish themselves because I think that that is the next step to go back and get them freaking titles and do something with them. So. Yeah. Um, the fourth match of the night, Marty Skrull and Yojiro, the Tokyo Pimp Yujiro Takahashi uh, took on Toa Hinari and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Which I was a little surprised by this one for some reason. I don't know why. I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but I didn't think Hinari was going to lose here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were thinking what? Takahashi would um, eat a sling blade and a high fly flow? That's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Or or Skrull. Either one. Yeah. I just thought Ace was going to go Especially right. Skrull's the only junior heavyweight in this match. Everybody else is heavyweights. Yeah, so I, I just figured that's what would happen, but no. Um, Toa Hinari ended up eating the, uh, you know, what do you call it? What What is his move? The the kneeling DDT? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he ended up eating the DDT from Yujiro. Marty Skrull and Yujiro Takahashi pick up the win. And then um, let's talk about post-match because we, yeah. we got an angle here going towards Dominion. Yeah, so Bullet Club attacks. Uh, Skrull hits Tanahashi with the umbrella, locks on the chicken wing. Then Liger jumps up from commentary to make the sca- make the save. Uh, and Skrull's, you know, yelling at them saying, give me Tanahashi and give me Mysterio. He's like, I'm going to kill Give me Liger, I'll kill all, all the legends. legends. And so uh, Liger... Challenges him to a six-man tag. Liger, Tanahashi, and Skrull. You hear that, Django? <laughs> a six-man tag. Django was like, he challenged him to a triple threat match. <laughs> <laughs> to a three-way, yeah. I was like, what? I was like, oh, a three-way. A three-way. Oh, <laughs> a three-way. That's how I am every time I get invited to a three-way. <laughs> I'm always like, oh! <laughs> and for some reason, it never works out. Maybe it's because I do that. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah, so six-man tag, Liger, Tana, and Mysterio against uh, Skrull, Cody, and Hangman Page. Uh, You're giving away the card already? Oh, my God. <sighs> Sorry, jumping the gun there. Uh, this is why no one's paying us to do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Um... That took us to the next match of the night, which was um, eight-man tag. So we got uh, L.I.J., Bushi, Evil, Sonata, Tetsuya Naito taking on the team of the Super Juniors, ACH, Dragon Lee, Taguchi, and Kushida. 
Yeah, this is a fun little match here. Uh, I like this match. ACH was cracking me up at the beginning, like cranking oh, to uh, the LIJ theme. Little dance. Yeah, he kept doing the. <laughs> you guys can't see me, but I'm doing the dance. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then Naito was they, like, they put the glasses on him. Oh yeah, and then he kept going. Yeah, because she does like silver little glasses, and then. Uh, uh, Naito like came up and was like keep dancing I was like looking at him with the eye open and like kicked him in the butt just like kicked him <laughs> yeah yeah so that this this actually ended up being very very fun I mean how could it not be when you're getting like three of the best juniors in the world in Taguchi yeah oh you missed that joke <laughs> no but right. when, when you got a team of Taguchi Dragon Lee ACH and Kushida I mean that that's a freaking stacked like little junior team um, and then you got LIJ, which, you know, we talk about it all the time. No one works as good as a unit as LIJ oh, is. Oh, yeah. So, and eight minutes, 20 seconds, no downtime. Everybody just hit all their marks. They were just going on all cylinders. I, I thought this match was great. Yeah, great little multi-man match. Um, Sonata gets a skull in on ACH for the, the submission victory. He tapped quick, too. Yeah, he did. Uh, and um, they played the uh, Jericho the video. The lights go out. Yeah. And we got a Jericho pre-taped promo. So something that was interesting about this, I don't know if you saw, they've got a, uh, a, f- a special interview for Dominion Up right now on New Japan World with Naito. And Naito talked about the night that he did t- he decided he was going to become a professional wrestler. Yeah, in uh, 97. Yeah, in 1997. And I guess, like, Jericho had been on the card, but, like, by the time, like, he, he either had a non-prominent role or he was... It was during a tournament and he got eliminated, so he yeah. didn't really make it, uh, an impression on Naito at all. And uh, so then, like, that's what really, like, pissed off Jericho. Like, yeah. He heard what he was saying. So, yeah, so Jericho was just talking about, you know, I was the main event in Wrestle Kingdom 12, not you and Okada. Um... You know, you, that, that eats you alive. He's like, I'm going to make, when you step in the ring with me, you know, I'm going to help you become a worldwide star. It's like, win, lose, or draw, and you're not going to lose, and it's not going to be a draw. He's like, I am going to beat you. Some of the stuff, the thing about Jericho's promo there that, like, kind of stuck out to me is, like, how much... Even though it's not the full truth, like, how much truth to it there actually is. Yeah. There's quite a bit. You know, because he's talking about, like, how, you know, this guy wants to be the main event. And, like, he did kind of steal that, like, spotlight and steal that, you know, that attention away from him back in January. Yeah. And he was like, uh, you shouldn't be losing to Okada. You should be the IWGP heavyweight champion. But you're not. Like, that's where I'm coming. I'm going to help you get there, you effing moron. Don't you understand? Chris Jericho's going to take you to the promised land. Yeah, like, I, I saw someone else talk about, like, how, you know, part of, like, the honesty of, like, the video kind of, like, hurts, like, Naito fans a little bit. Have you, have you ever heard this theory? I don't remember who it is, but someone was talking about, like, um, when you're fighting somebody that... This, they actually do this in fighting. I think it might be Floyd Mayweather, actually. But, like, when you're fighting somebody that you that basically you can't sell something with, mm-hmm. then – or, like, if you know you can sell, sell like, a ticket against them, it's going to be a great fight and everything like that, um, and you want to sell tons of tickets, you'll basically – 
tear them down. You know right, what I mean? Right. Um, but if you know that it's going to be hard to sell tickets with them or something like that, you kind of build build them up. up. Right. You make it like a big deal. Like, and have you noticed? I'm not saying that Naito is not great, but have you noticed how he's been kind of like low key building up Naito in these promos? Yeah. Like how he's going to make him famous, even even though it's derogatory. It's like he's saying, "I'm gonna make you famous, and you're great, and you're you know you're the best in New Japan, and I'm gonna beat you and that sort of thing." Yeah. And I think Jericho has even talked about that in his book before. How like, why would you talk about how terrible someone is, and then when you beat them, it means nothing. It makes you look bad. It makes you look bad. Like you're saying, "Oh, this guy sucks." Well, this guy sucks just beat you, so I mean, you suck. Yeah, but if you build him up and you talk, but so it's weird how he's like doing this balancing act of kind of tearing him down but kind of building, building him up all at the same up. time yeah so like yeah it's really 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 brilliant stuff and if you haven't caught this promo if you're listening you probably have but if you haven't caught the promo by Chris Jericho you need to check this out this is the second promo he's done and I thought I thought it was really really good yeah it was really good and then the the lights come on and Naito is like acting like he's sleeping <laughs> in the middle of the ring and he's like your promos are too long. Yeah, he's like, you need to shorten <laughs> it up a bit. <laughs> he's like, can't this guy get to the get to the, the point? point? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm excited. To, to, we'll get we'll get to yeah. it. We'll talk to it. I, I really want to talk about that match, but we'll get to it. Um, so then that brought us to the next match of the night, which was the uh, semi main event. It was a tag team match of Okada and Will Ospreay taking on um, Kenny's boys. Yeah, Team Kenny's boys, <laughs> the uh, the golden um, the golden jewels. Gems. Yeah, the golden jewels. Yeah, the crown. which are they going to be like in the running for tag team of the year? I don't think so. Come on, man! <laughs> they've tagged team. They've tagged together a lot this year. How much uh, time have they won? They've won a lot. <laughs> they won our hearts. <laughs> uh, they won my heart. <laughs> But yeah, so this was kind of like a little preview. Well, not really a preview. I thought but, it was cool. Uh, yeah, Okada is going against two of, you know, Kenny's like best friends and former partners. Well, one current partner, one former. Oh yeah, he is. Let's <laughs> 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 yeah, well, not let's not jump, let's not go there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this was a fun match. Um, pretty much as a setup for Okada to send a message to Omega. Uh, and he uh, does a V trigger. Yeah, I was gonna say, what did you think of that freaking V trigger, bro? It was probably one of the worst like <laughs> thrown V triggers I've ever seen. Do you know what it looked like? It reminded me of like when Matt or when Jeff Hardy used to do the uh, poetry in motion. Yeah, like he'd jump off his back and then like kind of. That's what Okada looked like. like. Yeah, like a mini version of like the poetry, poetry in motion, motion. Yeah, except like it was except like hitting him with his knee. Like yeah. it looked literally, it looked terrible. Yeah, but I freaking loved it. Like the only thing that would make it better if he like chanted like Scooby Doo Doo while yeah. he's doing. Oh it yeah. <laughs> like that's how goofy it was that he was doing that. Oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, he hits the V trigger Raiden Maker for the win. Uh, and man, we only got a little bit of Abushi and Osprey in this match, and when it was, it was amazing. Yeah, I need to see those guys wrestle like tomorrow. Yeah. Unfortunately, no. Obviously. We've seen them live. Yeah. Yeah, so if you if you guys haven't had a chance and you if you saw this match, you dug the interactions between them. They actually have had more interaction and 
more like you know just sustained action um, during the Rev Pro show. There was a six man tag team match uh, WrestleMania weekend. It, this is lot. You can watch this uh, on video on demand on the New Japan World app. I don't remember who was in the six man tag, but the two captains were basically Osprey and Ibushi. And Ibushi. Uh, and, and I mean, those two guys going head to head. For whatever reason, they have a lot of chemistry, man. I know, but unfortunately, for Ibushi now being a heavyweight, we're going to have to wait for Osprey to move up to see them have a match again. Nah, he can cut some weight. <laughs> but would he want to? Mm. I mean, why not? If I was if I was a wrestler, I'd, I'd fluctuate between weights, between both weight classes. Yeah, I would like cut weight, yeah. and then I would, I, and then I'd balloon, and then I'd like cut weight, and it'd be great. I'd hold all the belts. Be like a freaking uh, Tangaloa who says he wants to be a junior. <laughs> yeah, Tangaloa said he, that was the stupidest thing I ever heard. On uh, killing the town. Yeah. Did he really say that? Yeah, he's like, I wish I could be a junior. <laughs> he's like, I would cut down. Now. What are you talking about, dude? But yeah, so then this brings us to the main event, the finals, Takahashi versus Ishimori. And this was a banger. Uh, the longest match of the tournament, 34 minutes. Man, and these guys just went balls to the wall out here. Yeah, so what I mean, like what were your overall thoughts on on the finals match? Man, I I loved it, man. Like these guys gave it everything they had and were going to kill each other to become the best of the Super Juniors. I mean, starting from the beginning where they're fighting out in the crowd and um, Ishimori, like, Hurricane Rana's... Uh, well, first, Hiromi does, like, the drop kick on the concrete, but then he was going to, like, powerbomb Ishimori down the stairs, but Ishimori reversed it, and Hurricane Ronda hit down the stairs. And just from there, man, they were just doing some wild stuff um, back and forth. You know, both of these guys putting their bodies at risk, especially Ishimori, I mean, um, Takahashi, with all those crazy, like, drop, drop kicks he does to the outside. This is a match that I watched in a delirious state of <laughs> wrestling stupor, and it still was near five stars for me. Oh, yeah. I, I think I would go four and three quarters on it. Yeah, same here. Um, but, man, the, this match just, like, it was a first-time meeting between Ishimori and Takahashi, first of all. You've got... I, I mean, I loved their stories going into it where... You know, like Hiromu basically was just like the Iron Man of the tournament and just putting on all the great performances. And yeah, on the other side, you got Takahashi, who, or I'm sorry, uh, Ishimori, who like has slowly cultivated this heel persona where he's not the dazzling kid that's doing 450s and, you know, all the aerial stuff that he did when he was in, uh, you know, Noah and all that. He's the freaking bone soldier. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he got people to boo him all throughout the tournament when they wanted to basically praise him for his technical abilities. And it was just a great matchup of styles. And this match really, really, really delivered in a way that I kind of, even though I initially thought they might end up wrestling each other, 
I didn't necessarily expect this match to be as good as it ended up being. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was, it, it did, it surpassed and exceeded my expectations. Yeah, yeah, this match like blew me out of the water, man. This was incredible. Definitely the uh, match of the, the tournament. tournament. Yeah, and it should be. It's the final match. So this was an incredible way to end this tournament. Um, man, yeah, 34 minutes of insanity just... The crowd it, didn't, it didn't was, even feel like it. I, it did it not whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have and, to rewatch it for sure. And the crowd was super hot. Ooh, this was the best corking crowd I've oh seen my. in a long time. Yeah, that place was like jam packed, super into like every match. You know, we talk about like the favors they did for show, but it's kind of because show is like coming from being a young boy and all that. But like Ishimori, man, is a star. With one tournament, seven, eight oh. matches in, and he's one of the top guys in the entire division. Yeah. I mean, just, they they made him look incredible. Yeah, he'll definitely be getting a future title shot sometime mm-hmm. later this year. Yeah, and I mean, it was also interesting, too. Um, there was, there's a Reddit user, um, uh, The Last Rewind, and he put up this chart if you're on Reddit, you need to check this out. Uh, talking about how the numbers don't lie. Complete analysis of best of Super Juniors 25 match, uh, match times through night 13. And he made the keen observation that Ishimori basically wrestled a full 45 minutes less than Takahashi over the full month going into that match. Wow. So, like, Takahashi was, like, beat, beat down. down and yeah, just, like, and you know he was doing crazy stuff in all the matches. He wrestled more time than anybody else in the whole tournament. Uh, altogether, between his seven B-block matches, he wrestled for over 133 minutes and 21 seconds. Wow. So it's like several hours. Like crazy, 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 crazy. Yeah, man. Great stuff. So uh, Takahashi gets the win. Um, How surprised were you when he got the win? Dude, I was super surprised. Like I thought this whole tournament was set up for Ishimori to win. and There were so many times I thought he was going to tap out. Yeah. He kept putting him in that... Uh, LaBelle lock. The LaBelle lock, that Oma Plata crossface. And I mean... There was a couple times where I was like, he's not getting to the ropes. Like, I literally thought Hiromu was done. I loved the way that Hiromu, like, just had to dig and, to like, to a... We've never seen him dig like that. Yeah, he literally, yeah, had to give everything he had here. I and mean, he, he really, like, during the, the Osprey match earlier in the year, he did dig deep and stuff like that. But, I mean, this was on a different level where, like, he was digging... He was finding reserves in a place that I've never seen him go to before. And, I mean... He's undoubtedly one of the most overstars in Japan, not just for juniors, but just in general. Right, which I think is part of the reason why he won. I mean, we've mentioned before. I didn't think he was. He was kind of like on the back burner. I, I uh, the junior tag title feud, and it really had been the spotlight after losing to Osprey. But I mean, it makes perfect sense for him winning, because um, I mean, Ishimori looked great in defeat, and Ishimori beat the champion in this tournament, so he he's pretty much guaranteed a future title shot. That part makes sense. The part where they're pushing Hiromu, and I'm not criticizing it. Don't get me wrong. I love Hiromu Takashi. I think he's my favorite junior. But 
I was just shocked because we already saw him get a title shot earlier in the year, and there seemed like there was other guys that, that could be next in line. Right, and that just, I mean, I think it's one of those things where, like, they wanted to push, reward a guy that's a regular and that's been there and not just throw a new guy over an established guy. Yeah, but um, I was just very, very, very shocked. He beat him with what the uh, the time, time bomb, the time bomb, yeah. and he almost beat him with the uh, triangle choke a couple times. Yeah, as well. he did. Yeah, just if do yourself a favor, guys. You have to see this match to to believe it, and I need to watch it again to see. Um, let's talk about Dave Meltzer's statements about this match. Dave Meltzer said uh, during the post match show on Wrestling Observer Radio that this is one of the. 10 best matches that he's ever seen in his entire life. Yeah. And that he really questioned whether or not Omega and Okada would be able to surpass it come Dominion. What what do you think about that? Dude, that's crazy. Especially all the wrestling that Dave has seen. That's what I'm saying, bro. You would, that's This guy's good. been watching since like the 70s or 60s, like, right? Right. Like... What is he saying right now? Like, yeah, this was a four point seven five match, but I'm sh- all the five star matches he's seen, and I just like I think that that's kind of insane. And if he liked it again, just like kind of going back to the Okada Tanahashi match from, from earlier last month, uh, you know, if, if you want to rate it really high, that's fine. But and I'm I bet you he is going to rate that yeah higher than five stars. We think it's going to get higher than five. This match, yeah. He just said it's one of the ten best matches he ever saw in his whole life. Yeah, so it's probably like five and a half. Maybe higher than that, man. Like, he's saying it's one of the ten best matches he's ever seen in his life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's hyperbole and it's a little excessive, but uh, I think he's going to rate it really high. But my only thing is, I don't even know if it's going to be in the top ten of the year. So how could it be in the top ten of my lifetime? Right. You know what I mean? Right. But that's not detracting from the match. This match was every bit as good as like we we thought it was and could be and would be. And I mean, it was just, it was incredible. And that caps off the best of the Super Juniors twenty five. Yeah, awesome, awesome tournament. Just like yeah. So I mean, what were your like final thoughts on this tournament? Man, I thought from beginning to end, overall, an awesome tournament. Several gems in there, several great matches. Um, it was just really good stuff. Yeah, so, you know, with how many matches there are, um, I have 18 matches, 18 Jeremy, that I would highly recommend, meaning that I wouldn't necessarily say for sure they're four stars, but they're right about that mark. That means about more than a third of the matches in the whole tournament were around the four-star mark. That's crazy. That's insane. That's high-level wrestling right there. Um, With that being the case, I mean, so I think our MVP for the tournament's got to be Hiromu Takahashi. Oh, yeah. The guy had eight matches. Seven of them are classics. I think if I was going to do a rundown of the best, like, let's say, top five matches. He's going to be in, like, at least three of them. Yeah, definitely. Like, his taking nothing away from any of the matches, but, I mean, specifically his match with Dragon Lee, his match with Desperado, and his match with uh, Ishimori are, like, to me, the three best matches of the tournament. Yeah. So, I mean, and he just, like, he he wrestled longer than anybody else in the tournament. He had the, the highest quality matches. He won the tournament. 
Yeah. Like from kayfabe, I mean, just incredible. Yeah, man. Takahashi was on another level. From let, Let's talk about A Block. So, I mean, with the A Block, we've kind of talked about, like, they had great stories and great matches, but it wasn't on the same level as the B Block. I mean, who for you kind of, like, stood out? Like, who was a disappointment? You know, what were your thoughts with that? Uh, I think the standouts uh, would probably have to be Will Ospreay, ACH, and uh, maybe... Um, well, I think Flip did good and uh, Yo did good as well. Um, disappointments in the A block. Um, uh, Bushi. Yeah, Bushi was to me. Um, actually, I don't have too much to really complain about. I would say like um, Kanemaru kind of played his roles being like the heel yeah heel grumpy heel the grumpy heel the guy that cheats to win and all that sort of thing and he had a couple you know very good matches yo was like kind of the spoiler he was the guy who is fighting from he underneath like the, the scrappy whole time. underdog he ended up with six points against you know big names which was still very 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 impressive um who else do we have in A block? Because my iPad literally, literally just, just died. died. Um, Tiger Mask. It makes me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Tiger Mask kind of um, doing the early, like, the front runner. And the early run, like, to make you think. Like, the early nostalgia run. Yeah, and, I mean, he got wins over guys. Now, the three guys that he beat, if you would have guessed, like, hey, could he beat these guys Yes, those were guys he probably could have beaten, mm-hmm. but I still didn't expect it. Dude, I would, I did not expect him to go on that run. Not at all, but it was fun. It was very, very fun to see him do that. And then, um, you know, you had Flip Gordon, who Flip still had a good uh, accounting of himself. He beat Ishimori. Um, dude ended up with what? Uh, eight points? Eight. Yeah. Let me see. No, six, six points. Yeah. But uh, everybody in the whole block ended up with six points aside from Osprey and Ishimori. So they kind of really evened things out. But he got some big wins. He had great performances against ACH and Will Osprey. Those are the two matches I'd recommend. Um, Bushi was the one guy in the A block that I even... I guess you could say Tiger Mask and maybe Kanemaru were on the bottom side. But like Bushi just... I don't know. I feel like I expected a little bit more out of it. expect more from him. Like I don't Tiger know. Mask, I did, my my the bar was set low for Tiger Mask for me, yep. and the bar was set low for Kanemaru yep. for me. So yep. they they kind of over exceeded my expectations for those two. You just you think that you see his look, you hear his reputation, you think Bushi's gonna do something, and he never does. They're stunting with the four thousand dollar mask and the suit. Bushi disappoints me every single yeah. time, and. Yeah, I don't know. That's why nobody likes him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, though, like, I thought ACH was just excellent in this tournament. Oh, dude, yeah. ACH showed... I wish ACH would have been, like, in the mix at the end for guys that could have won this, but... Yeah. Yeah, he showed why he's one of the best going right now. And, I mean, he's doing great stuff right now in uh, MLW. But I think, like, when you talk about the two standouts, you have to go with the top two leaders and for me that was Osprey and, and Ishimori. Ishimori yeah and I, I think I kind of alluded to it when we were talking about the uh, Takahashi match but the way that Ishimori was able to take people from being excited that he was there to being like I want to see this guy lose yeah that bravo 
bravo. My hats are off to him. Like, all my hats. All of them. They're all off. <laughs> um, just, like, he he's part of the Bull Club now, man. He's he's for real. I mean, like, is he this? Is he only the second Japanese member of the Bull Club? Yep. Aside, well, to. aside from the original Bone Soldier, Soldier, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, that's pretty crazy. So, um, I don't know if I would say Ishimori was the standout guy, though. He had really... He had, like, two really good matches, like the Osprey match and the Takahashi match. And everything uh, else in between was just very – it was, like, solid. You're right. Oh, and the match with Yo. And yeah. The match with Yo. Yeah, yeah. That, that night 13 match, yeah. I'm trying to see if there's anybody that just, like – I think for me, though, you have to go Osprey as far as the, as the standout, standout guy. And it's just because he was the point leader. And he's the guy, he, he elevated. I mean, he pretty much gave everybody their best match. He gave every, almost everybody in the whole A block their best match. And with, you know, there's a reason for that. He's yeah. right now like one of the best workers in the whole world. Although, no one really gave him what I would say is like his best match. Right. I don't think any match that Will Ospreay had in this tournament was as good as a single title defense he's had the whole year. Oh, yeah. Not even the Kushida one that he just had. So that was interesting if yeah. you think about it. Um, any final thoughts on the A block? Uh, no, I mean, it pretty much summarized everything on the A block. B block? Um, let's talk about Chris Saban. Yeah, I mean, he was good throughout the whole tournament. I mean, three stars or, or more. Yeah, he was solid, but um, I think people expected a lot more from him. Expected him to have uh, more four-star higher matches, and he did not hit that level. But I still think he had a good tournament, and this was good for him getting back into singles action. Um, and I think that Ring of Honor could capitalize on this momentum and do something with him. Yeah, we ended up with everybody in the B block also getting six points minimum, except for Skrull, Kushida, and Hiromu. Mm-hmm. Kushida and Skrull both ended up with eight points, so four wins, and then Hiromu ended up with five at the end. So, I mean, very, they booked this super, super even. even. Steven, yeah. Which, I mean, they do tend to do something, some, but this is more even than even, you know, normal. Uh, I will say this. I hate Chris Saban's gear. Oh, yeah. I don't like his boots that look like the Rocks boots, how the calves are cut out in the back, but then they've got the cross-stitching. I Yeah, yeah it's weird. Didn't I, I wish he'd bring back his old gear, but uh, I thought Chris Saban, I thought that this was great for his career. I thought that he got a chance to work with lots of different types of guys. And it, it did do him a lot of favors. It sounds like we were kind of down on him. I don't want to give off that impression, but he just did a single great match. Right. He just, he's he, just. But he had nothing but good matches. Yeah. So, I mean, he, like, he was the most, like, he consistent guy. He never kicked it into another gear. No. That he known for in the past. Taguchi. Taguchi was kind of another disappointment. That was a disappointment. A guy that always, like, finishes, finishes like, second or it's, like, in the semifinals or, like... I was surprised, man. I was surprised. Yeah. I mean, like, I was talking to Rich about it. Rich was like, you thought Taguchi was good. Y'all, y'all were trying to sell me on Taguchi. I knew better than that. And I was like, the dude has been in the finals every year for a decade. Yeah. Not the finals, but, like, like near the finals. Right, finals, One semifinals, the, yeah. This is his worst... Tur- I think Kevin Kelly actually said, said this. That, yeah, his worst tournament... 
Um, the worst tournament in 10 years. This is the one thing I did. Don't act like we're stupid because we looked at the history books. Right. And actually, even though we looked at that, I still didn't give Taguchi much points in this. I think I booked him. I can't remember. I think I only booked him for four points. I gave him eight points. Yeah. I mean, you're still wrong. He's still up doing six. Yeah, he still got one more win, but just based on his how performances and who he was in, the, if he was in the A block, he would have done much better. He would have got more points, but man, he was in the stud block. I still, I'm not even gonna make that an excuse, though. Even though you're not wrong, it's just like I seen Taguchi have great match after great match after great match in other tournaments. And the guy can still clearly go when he wanted to turn it turn it on in this tournament. He did. Yeah. So I'm not getting. No, you don't get that past me, Taguchi. <laughs> tournament Taguchi is a real thing, and I was. I mean, you don't control the booking, but like you know, he was a guy though. I don't want to be too critical because I guess Marty's kind of the same way. Like they just weren't the highlight of the tournament. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Taguchi with three points. Um, how about yeah? Let's talk about um, El Desperado. El Desperado was a surprise, man. Um, you know, over delivered. Yeah, over delivered. Just solid matches. I mean, he, I mean, he played the Kenamaro role, but so much better than so Kenamaro. much better. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just yeah, Desperado like definitely raised his stock for me in this tournament. I want to see him go to Arena Mexico and wrestle Dragon Lee. Like, I'm like, let's get this freaking, let's run it. Yeah. Let's get this mask versus mask match popping. Uh, I want to see Takahashi like get a win over this dude. Yeah. So, I thought Desperado was great. Um, Dragon Lee. Oh, dude. I was in love with Dragon Lee this whole tournament, man. He was just amazing. Even to the very end. Yeah, man. He was amazing. Like, the stuff he was doing in there in the ring, man. He's a gifted athlete. He's a great professional wrestler. Uh, enjoyed all every... I don't think there was one match I did not like. I enjoyed all of his matches. Yeah, I agree. Dragon Phenomenal. Lee, I was glad he was able to be there. I can't wait to see him in Daytona. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I every year I, I say to myself... I hope they bring Dragon Lee back. So I hope we see him again sooner rather than later. I'm sure we will. Well, he has a he's a busy man. Yeah. You know? Um uh, after that, let's get to Marty Skrull. Marty Skrull, kind of underwhelming. Um, especially after the Dontaku match with Underwhelming for Marty. For Marty, correct. Because uh, we know what he's capable of, we know what we expect when we watch Marty. Well, that wasn't the, that was Secure Genesis was the Osprey match, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After Secure Genesis match, I mean, I was expecting you know that quality of stuff from him, and we just he did not put that out here. I mean, he still had uh, very good performances, and like I mentioned, he, he just wasn't the highlight. There was there was an emphasis emphasis on him for this tournament, so you know why kill yourself if you're not going to be the emphasis. Um, so yeah, I mean, expected more, but he still had good performance. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think you said it perfectly. <laughs> um, show, show, man, breakout star, breakout star. This man. guy, man, he's they got money. They're gonna print money with this guy. He just grew as a performer throughout this whole tournament. Because it's just shown that he's very well rounded. 
Um, yeah, yeah, he's a show pl- and yo. Yeah, man, they're both players. But man, show they they booked him like he was on the level. Yeah, man, like he, he was, was on the level, hanging in there with all the. I mean, Taguchi, you would think would be hanging in there, but show was the one hanging in there with these guys. Yeah, I I cannot overstate how impressed I was with show, and um, I'm very 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 excited to see him like do more single stuff in the future. Yeah. And uh, that brings us to our last two guys. So, uh, what were your thoughts on Kushida? Kushida, uh, I think overall he was good. Um, you know, there was the one quick uh, match with uh, Taguchi, but overall, I think he still had very good matches. Think about this: Kushida had almost five four-star matches. Oh man, yeah. And it seemed like it seemed for whatever reason. I think maybe because he went on a early like losing, losing streak, streak and then yeah. also he had that quick loss, but it's still Kushida. But I mean, think about these matches: Kushida versus Skrull on night four, which was fire. <laughs> Kushida versus Show, which was that wrestling match that I really really liked. Kushida against uh, Dragon Lee, then Kushida against um, Takahashi. Okay, that maybe that's only four, but still. Oh, and then yeah, Kushida. Kushida Lee, Kushida Show, Kushida Skrull, and Kushida Takahashi. I mean, that's four matches out of seven that, where this dude freaking tore it up. Yeah, man. So, I mean, we kind of sleep on him a little bit because of, like, the pacing of the tournament and everything, but he almost won the thing. He, yeah, he was, yeah, like, he was literally seconds away from being the B-Block winner. Yeah. I, I do like that, like... For, to continue his storyline with Hiromu, he's going to have to do something. He's going to have to figure out a way to overcome that triangle choke. Yeah. Because that whole new wrinkle to his game, it's that's game over. Everybody's been put on alert now with yeah. Hiromu. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about that. So we've our, our finalist, our winner, Hiromu. Yeah, Hiromu Takahashi, man. This guy was phenomenal. Um, debuting the new triangle, just adding a new wrinkle to his game. Um, this guy was putting his body at risk in pretty much almost every single match. All those crazy, you know, drop kicks on the outside, on the concrete, and all. How his, is he alive right now? I have no idea. <laughs> and all his dives and oh my gosh, man, this guy does not care about his body, man. That that jumping senton thing where he just like throws himself and like doesn't care how he lands or where he lands. Like this guy is, it's like a, it's like a controlled recklessness. I know that doesn't make sense, but like well, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. So that kind of wraps up. Do you have any um, favorite matches of the tournament? Any highly, like, what are your top recommendations? Um, love the final match. Obviously, Ishimori, Takahashi. Love Dragon Lee um, and Takahashi. Um, Dragon Lee and Cho. Um, Osprey and Flip. Osprey and ACH. Uh, solid stuff. Yeah. So. My matches that I would recommend that you check out on night one, ACH and Flip, Ishimori and Osprey. Night two, Dragon Lee and Sho, Takahashi and Skrull. Night three, ACH and Osprey. Night four, Kushida and Skrull, as well as Desperado and Takahashi, which I think is one of the, the best matches of the whole tournament. Night six, Takahashi versus Lee. Again, one of the top three of the tournament. Night eight, Kushida versus Sho. And Takahashi and Taguchi. Night 12, Takahashi and Sho. And Kushida and Lee. And then night 13, 
show of the year candidate, Desperado and Lee, Osprey and Flip, Ishimori versus Yo, Show versus Skrull, Takahashi versus Kushida, and then the match of the tournament, probably a match of the month contender for next month, Takahashi versus Ishimori. Yep. Good so stuff. Just eight, 18 matches, 32% of the tournament. I mean, just this was incredible, incredible, incredible. I don't yeah. know, like I'm. I'm just thinking like other companies probably haven't even had that many like four star matches the whole year. Yeah, and they did it in the space of like cranked it out nights. Yeah, but um, speaking of match of the month, before we talk about Dominion, we gotta name our match of the month for May and the wrestler of the month for May. So match of the month for May, I. I mean, it pretty much came down to two match. Well, actually, I mean, with this tournament, there were several matches, but I think there was only one that really could, we can award this to. I think we really would have maybe considered Dragon Lee and Hiromu. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I kind of gone back and forth on Desperado and Hiromu, but ultimately it's probably Dragon Lee and Hiromu. Wouldn't you say, as far as out of this tournament? Out of the tournament, yeah. Those are the two that like stood out in the month of May. But as far as go prior to that, the match of the month, and I don't think it was in any doubt or had anything that was close to it, it's uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kazushika Okada yeah. from uh, Wrestling Dantaku. Yep, that's, so that's our match of the month for May. And then Wrestler of the Month. Uh, actually, interesting, I put out a Twitter poll. I just wanted to see what our audience was thinking on this. You didn't consult with me on this. <laughs> you never can, You never check with me on these things. Man, Jeremy. you're you're out in New York, man, doing, <laughs> doing you know, styling and profiling. Doing adult things. Yeah, doing adult things. <laughs> um, threw out a poll there asking people who they thought the wrestler of the month for May was... And 40% said Will Ospreay. They're wrong. While 30% said Takahashi, 15% said Dragon Lee, and 15% said other. From the tournament? They thought from the tournament that Will Ospreay was the wrestler of the month? 40%? Well, just of May, not just the t- tournaments. We're talking about all of May. Yeah, but still. So they're, they're talking, That's crazy. They're, they're counting in the... I'm uh, sorry. I don't mean to judge you guys. <laughs> I want you guys to interact with us. What was the Don Taku? Who did you find a Don Taku? Kushida. Kushida. Yeah, so they're counting that match. That's great. Yeah. But did you not see Hiromu Takahashi put put out four-star match after four-star match after four-star match after four-star match? Oh, and then the, like, two four-and-a-half to four-and-three-quarter matches he's had? No, bro. Yeah, so Hiromu Takahashi is our wrestler for the month of May. I mean, he has had an incredible Best of the Super Junior tournament. Uh, All of his matches in May were... You know, way above four stars. Um, and, yes. he's, and he's in that sweet spot where he might be wrestler of the month in June, too. Yeah. Because of how great his final couple matches were in June as well. Right. And um, Osprey, yes, the Kushida match was near five stars, but. Uh, it was like four and a quarter. But, four and a half. Yeah. Um, but every, his everything else in the tournament. I mean, besides, like, his match with Ishimori. His match with Ishimori is, like, his highest match. Yeah, he had a really good match with ACH as well. But they were not on the level of the stuff Hiromu was doing. Those were his two best matches of the whole tournament until he wrestled Flip. Yeah. So in May? No way. Yeah. I mean, it, I, you want to put up Ishimori Osprey and um, ACH Osprey up against Desperado Takahashi... 
Taguchi Takahashi, Takahashi Lee, and Takahashi Skrull? Nah. 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 Yeah. So, Sorry. Yeah. And I don't know if we're ever going to give one of these Wrestler of the Months away to uh, to Okada. Like, I, I keep thinking we might, but then he's just like, you know, they only defend well, the belt once yeah, a month. Yeah, it's hard when you you only have one defense and then the rest are either, either off the tour or you're doing multi-man. He might win Wrestler of the Year still, though. It's, oh, yeah. I was actually like kind of go, going through that in my head today for some reason on who would possibly win Wrestler of the Year. Before we move on from uh, Best of the Super Juniors, though, I just want to bring up No Don Callis on this show. Yeah, man. Who's supposed to be here for the finals, and I heard that due to conflicts with scheduling with, excuse me, with Impact, he, I don't want to say no-showed, but elected not to attend, and they ended up doing Chris Saban instead. So thanks, Don. You gave us Chris Saban. <laughs> but I oh, I thought that was interesting, huh? Yeah. Because I think he was, he was advertised for the finals, right? I believe he was, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, you want to get into this Dominion card? Yes, let's get into this Dominion card. We have it just dropped this morning. The full card. Yeah, so let's get into this uh, Dominion preview. Uh, and we had like a lot of questions too that were submitted uh, revolving around Dominion. Um, so yeah, we have that's the f- weird. People are excited about this card <laughs> because on paper, on paper, Jeremy, it looks like it's the greatest show of all time. Yeah, it looks it looks amazing on paper. Yeah, I love saying on paper ever since like ever <laughs> since, since WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Oh man. So yeah, so let's get started. Um, so the first matchup, the junior heavyweight tag titles will be on the line as Desperado and Kanemaru defend against Sho and Yo. Oh, they are? Yep. Holy crap, this show is freaking stacked. Yeah, man. Um, that's awesome. So what are your thoughts on all that match? I'm I'm very very excited. I think I think it's time to put the titles back on Sean, you know? Yeah, I think so too. I'm expecting Rapungi 3K to get the win here. Uh, next, we have a special tag match with David Finley teaming up with Juice Robinson to take on Yoshihashi and Jay White. Uh, obviously, this is to continue the tease of a Juice Robinson U.S. title run, which I'm assuming is going to happen in uh, San Francisco, the G1 Special in USA. So I'm expecting uh, Juice to get the win here. Yeah, so I, I'm i expecting this to strictly be a match that sets up uh, you know, the title match going into San Francisco at the G1 Special in the USA. What are your thoughts, though, on all, every single other title in the promotion being defended except for this and what... The, well, actually, yeah, just this title. Yeah, I thought it was a weird choice. You know, Dominion's pretty much, you know, the second biggest card of the year. It's like, you know, their SummerSlam. It's second to Wrestle Kingdom. So you would think they would, they would have all the titles on the line, including the U.S. title. Um, so I did think that was weird, but I do understand. I guess they want to say, you know, there's nothing booked for the G1 special in the USA. And obviously it's the U.S. title. And uh I I don't I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a good idea at all. This is just that's just my thought. It's like yeah. it. We've been trying to defend. 
Switchblade. Switchblade for a while, and it's like this really looks bad. It's a it's not a, it's not a good look for my dog. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. every single other champion is defending their belts, and you you're in a tag match that you're probably gonna job just yeah. to set up a, a title match in America. The last time he had a title match in America, it didn't really come off too well. Like, they need to do something with this dude quick, and I think he's dropping the belt, man. I think so, too. I think Juice is going to get the big win in San Francisco. And we're going to turn around and be like, uh, the Jay White-like experiment wasn't what we thought it was going right. to be. Right. But, hey, at least we gave it a shot. People were out here day one. Uh, trying to bury this man. They tried. We, they, we they gave tried this. We gave stuff. this man a chance. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we got another special tag match with Toru Yano and Tomohiro Ishii taking on the Rev Pro Tag Champion Zack Saber Jr. and Minoru Suzuki. So you know, Ishii is actually set to defend his belt. In August, and he's in a tag match going up against Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki, who are all right now mainstays and regulars in RevPro. Um, even though Zack Sabre's signed a full-time deal with New Japan, I am wondering, could this match potentially set up a future title defense? I think so. I think, I don't know, I feel like they're trying to do something with Ishii and Suzuki. That might be the case, or the other way I thought about it, they might be trying to set up Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki for a future tag title. Heavyweight tag title Heavyweight match. Ta- yeah, yeah. yeah. In, for the IWGP tag team titles. So right. that's another thing I thought. But um, Yeah, because, I mean, Yano and Ishii are, are the team to beat. Right now, they have been. Yeah. They're, they're kind of the gatekeepers. Um, I am actually very much looking forward to this match. I think Zack Sabre Jr. and Toro Yanu has fun written all over it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Minoru Suzuki and Ishii, we saw them interact at the, uh, at what was that? Strong Style Evolved in, in uh, Long Beach. Yeah. It was just freaking Hilarious. awesome. So, and then obviously we know the whole history between Suzuki and Yano. Yep. Plus Zack Sabre Jr. and Ishii. So, I mean, there's a lot of history in this match. So, I think that tag match is going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. So then next up, we have the Never Openweight Championship Triple Threat match. All right, who cares? Let's move on. (laughs) Goto defending against Elgin and Tai Chi. Uh, I think Tai Chi is walking away with the Never title here. There's a good chance that that could happen. I I don't really have a strong opinion one way or the other. I guess if I have to make a choice, I don't want to agree with you, but... I mean, that makes sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Elgin winning the belt doesn't really make sense to me, but who knows? I mean, they it's, had, it's the Never title. It's the Never title. They had him <laughs> freaking eliminate Ishii in the middle of that New Japan Cup earlier this year. So anything can happen. They could just keep the title on Goto. Uh, I'm just going to say Goto retains. Okay. I mean, because it's Taiichi, and I mean, like, they haven't really been put. His, that whole push kind of died after well, I mean, cause, the New Japan Cup. Yeah, well, then we rolled on to Best of the Super Juniors, so he wasn't booked at all. He wasn't on this tour. I guess this could be, quote-unquote, part of the continuation of his push. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying I want Goto to keep holding the belt, but, I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? Just why not? All right, next up, we have the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Championship Woo! match. Sonata and Evil defending against the Young Bucks, who are also co-holders of the Never Six-Man Tag Championships. I think LIJ is retaining. 
you know I've been going back and forth on this. Part of me, one of the reasons why I think LIJ is going to retain is just the fact that the uh, Young Bucks are already the never six-man tag champs. I mean, I mean, they could always have, be double champions, but I don't know, man. That would be pretty dope if they were double champions, though, I think. Yeah. But, uh, I mean... If, if the Young Bucks win, I won't be surprised. The only thing that would surprise me here is if this match isn't great. Yeah. I think this match is going to be like 12 to 15 minutes of just insanity. Yeah. And I think that we're seeing... I think we're seeing uh, Matt Jackson eat a Darkness Falls or Everything is Evil or some crap like that. Yeah. And that will be at 1, 2, 3. Um, I do expect the Young Bucks to win the IWGP Championships. This is their second title shot that they've ever had at these belts. Yeah. I just don't think on this night that it will be their night. Although... I, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the Young Bucks just because I have a... I don't know. I have a scenario that I would like to see happen. What's your at, scenario? At the end of the night. Uh, well, it involves the main event. Okay. Um, All right. So they win the belts and you, you have a scenario. Okay. Yeah. So then It'd be next, nice if you let me in on your scenario before the show starts. <laughs> well, we didn't have much time to talk before this. Why is that, Jeremy? Because I was at a Bible study. <laughs> I had to put the Lord over. <laughs> Uh, uh, just like Vince did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we had a special six-man tag. We have Mysterio, Liger, and Tanahashi taking on the Bullet Club team of Skrull, Hangman, Page, and Cody. I think the Mysterio team will get the win here. And I think we will see Mysterio versus Skrull um, at uh, G1 Special in the USA. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I think that'll be really cool to see Tanahashi, Liger, and Mysterio all tag together. I kind of thought we were going to get something maybe... A one-on-one match. It's always kind of advertised. That's the only reason I thought. It's not that I'm disappointed. It's just it seemed like they were advertising Mysterio to be in a one-on-one match. But with that being said... I think we're they're just setting up something for uh, for the show in San Francisco, so totally fine with this. I think seeing Cody interact with all these guys will be great. Yeah, um, and I think it should be good. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, the you know team of Mysterio and Tanahashi and Liger will pick up the win. But hey, if Cody or Marty Skrull cheats. That could happen. And gets the one, two, three to set up the match going down the, the line. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Right. So next up. Triple main event. Yes. Triple. This feels like a triple main event. It is, man. So we have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Will Ospreay defending against the best of the Super Junior 25 winner. And the Keeping It Strong Style May Wrestler of the Month, Hiromu Takahashi. I'm going with Hiromu here. I think Kuroma's winning the belt as well. Yeah, he's already he lost to Osprey one on one. He lost in the four way. Like it would just seem like a lot of work for them to have built him up with this new. See, like earlier in the year when they built up Zach, it was like Zach didn't need the win because he was so strong and so established by that point. Winning the belt would have been a cherry on top, but like he, they made him. Tana, Takahashi's been made for you know forever now. He's one of the biggest stars. These two guys 
I mean, arguably, Osprey's working to get onto Takahashi's level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, if Osprey retains, great, but Osprey's banged up. They already wrestled once earlier in the year, and he beat Takahashi. It would seem dumb to, ha- to have built Takahashi up for all this time. Just, just for Osprey. Just for Osprey to beat him again. again. Again, yeah. So it doesn't really make sense. I feel like Osprey could also be hurt. And maybe like needs the rest, and maybe yeah. it's not a bad idea. He, hey, listen, he's had a fantastic oh, title six run. Six months, yeah. Has it been, yeah. Since well, I mean, it's, he it's, won it in January, right? Or no, he no, won he it, was holding it. He won it in last November, year. right? Yeah, so it's been longer than six months. I'm saying, but he, he had, he's had an awesome six months of 2018, is what I meant. But even his title, title run has been long. November, yeah. December, January, February, March, April, May, June. We're going eight months. That's a that's a fantastic that's title. A, that's a nice lengthy run there. And that's another reason why I think he's going to lose it. Yeah. And he's beaten all the top guys with the belt. So I mean, you know what I mean? Like he beat Skrull. He beat Takahashi. He beat Kushida. I mean, he could keep holding on to it. But at this point, I think with on this night the way that things are set up with everything, Takahashi is taking the belt. Which is what I wanted all year anyways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we have the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Tetsuya Naito defending against Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho looking to become a 10-time Intercontinental Champion. I got Jericho. Wow. This is a bold <laughs> prediction. I but, didn't know I was going to make that prediction. It just came out of my mouth. I do, because... It's so tricky. I mean, everybody's kind of riding Jericho off just because he's not full-time, but it's like, is Jericho really going to lose again? I don't know. If I was New Japan, I would pay this man to put my people over. Yeah. But I feel like like there's time for Jericho to... uh, And I don't know when this would happen. I'm not... (laughs) People are going to listen. They're like, when's he coming back? I have no idea. But... I say Jericho wins the belt and then drops it back. I mean, dude. It's not a while. I mean, he's not under. Naito doesn't even want the belt. Right. He's not under WWE contract right now. No, he's not under contract. So why not? Yeah, I mean, they they could run it back in, in San Francisco. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. I don't. I mean, Jericho. Honestly, Jericho's probably gonna lose. I'm. I've been right. terrible at you know uh, predicting stuff, but I am gonna take Jericho on this one. Okay, uh, I'm going with Naito. I'm going with the set. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say let's say bet. Like yeah. that's that's the smart money. Smart money is on Naito. Why? What? Why do you see it going that way? And what do you think? I mean, with all the build and all the speculation, we didn't even know uh, if we were even going to get this match. Right. I mean, what do we? What do you? I'm thinking? just going going Naito just because of the simple reason. Obviously, Jericho is not, as far as we know, is not signed to New Japan. Again, you know exactly when would he when would he come back and defend the title? What he defended at G1 Special in USA. Um, G1 is right around the corner. Obviously, Naito is going to be a guy that's in there. You want Naito looking strong going into that tournament. Maybe Jericho wins the belt. Naito goes into the G1. And wins the G1. And, like, wins the G1. And, like, Jericho defends the belt either in San Francisco or at, like, King of Pro Wrestling, one of the big shows. Like, maybe Jericho's on the, like, Brock Lesnar schedule. He's just coming in for the big shows all year, and that's it. yeah. So I'm I don't know. I'm just I'm gonna take Jericho because nobody thought Jericho could beat Omega and I was pretty sure he wouldn't, but I was like, what if he does? Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't wanna get worked again. I'm tired of getting worked by Jericho. <laughs> so what if he uh what if he beats Naito? Yeah. Um 
So, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I'm taking Jericho. All right. Uh, now our main event. No time limit. Two out of three falls for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Kazuchika Okada defends against the best bout machine, Kenny Omega. And I've made it very clear on this show, on past episodes, give Kenny Omega the belt. It is time for the Terminator to rise. <laughs> uh, I want to see some V-triggers to Okada's head. I want to see the one-wing angel. And I want to see Okada holding that IWGP title. And I want to see the Young Bucks come out with their IWGP heavyweight tag titles. And see the final... Um, no, uh, reuniting of the elite as the tag champs and the world champs. And here's my scenario. So I see that happening. So um, I see Abushi being jealous of Omega, like becoming fr- friends again with the Young Bucks. And like I, c- I can picture like this like camera angle, like Kenny, like they, they have this big hug of Kenny and the Young Bucks, and Obushi's just kind of in the back, like looking at all three of them. And then that's gonna be like the seeds planted to set up our future uh, title match with Abushi and Omega. That's interesting. I mean, the way I see it is Omega's going to win. You know, ref bump. (laughs) (laughs) Cold spray. Omega's about to win, ref bump, and then, uh, you know, Kamigoye knee, followed by a one-winged angel, and Okada retains. (laughs) 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 How pissed would you be? Oh, bro. How pissed would I'll, you I'll be, be hot, bro. What if what if Kodobushi <laughs> really turns on Omega? Because of, because of when he cost him the title all those years ago and all that. Right. I don't think that's happening, though. I don't, yeah. Um, although, I, oh, I was making a joke to uh, Rich, and I was like, what if Rey Mysterio turns on his teammates and joins the Bullet Club? Yeah. And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's what they're really setting up for, for San Francisco is like Tanahashi and uh, Mysterio. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be insane. But I'm just joking. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm booking like I'm freaking Russo over here. No. Bro, bro. I, I, think, I think Kenny Omega's winning. Uh, and it's just simple math like. Quick math. You know, uh, the dude's been holding the belt for a very, very long time. He's broken the records. Like, it's if it's not Kenny's time now, I literally don't know when it will be. Yeah. I think if he doesn't beat him now, we're never going to see him beat him. Yeah. So, um, we have a lot of questions of our, so all, um, surrounding Dominion, so let's start answering those. Um Fellow social suplexer, social suplex writer, Tom, does our NXT reviews. He asks, uh, which match uh, besides Omega and Okada are we most excited about? Most excited. Yeah. Uh, Jericho and Naito. Yeah, I'm going to have to go for that too, man, because I just feel like it's going to be a crazy brawl. It's going to be different from everything else on the card. Have you been have you been disappointed by Naito this year? It's he's been a kind of I've been very very it's time for me to to give a hot take. Naito's been trash this year, guys. Yeah. Okay. Seriously? 
I'm not trying to like what pisses me off is how talented Naito is and how many opportunities. I know a lot of people have said he's been booked bad this year, but like it pisses me off when a guy who maybe doesn't have the most favorable booking doesn't turn that crap into gold. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when what happened when um, Omega got booked badly, he like he turned it into money or when Brett got booked badly or, you know, Sean. And I understand like the Tranquilo deal and all that, but this dude's too good to be, and I'm not saying they've been terrible, but for him to put in such little effort night after night, every night I see him wrestle. Yeah. I understand like, you know, Muda made her of doing that sort of thing and, and, you know, Pentagon's doing it now and all that. But like, this is new Japan pro wrestling. You can't be the MVP of this company and not have great matches. Yeah, and then the Suzuki match. Ooh, that's yeah, what... That was a, a dud. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the matches that have been very good, who's worked hard... His good matches this year, after the Okada match, who worked harder? Who worked harder, him or Yoshihashi? Yoshihashi. Who worked harder, him or Zack Sabre Jr.? Zack Sabre Jr. Do you see what I'm saying? Taichi. Taichi worked way harder than him. Who worked harder, him or Suzuki? He laid around the whole match, and Suzuki just... just slapped the crap out of him. <laughs> yeah. So, and this is coming from me, not out of a place of, of hate or anger or dislike. I love it's just Tetsuya facts. Naito, and I'm tired of seeing him suck. Yeah. Hopefully things turn around for him. So, I'm very... Ner- in a way, I'm very excited about this match, but I'm very, very nervous. In a way that I was not, I was never nervous about. You know how people are nervous about they're like um, Alpha versus Omega. Yeah, you know how people were nervous about that, saying they thought it was gonna suck, and I was like, it's gonna be a five star classic. No matter what match type, I thought it was gonna be five stars. Yeah, this one I don't know, but I'm. It's the intrigue of seeing Naito and Jericho wrestle again. Yeah, because I've seen Takahashi and Osprey, and all the all these other matches sound great, but like it's Jericho and New Japan again. Yeah. Naito's not the guy that's drawing me to that match. It's it's Jericho. Jericho. Yeah, El Alpha. And I hope that Naito has, like, you know, a vintage Naito type of performance. Like, I haven't been with, I haven't been impressed with Naito since Wrestle Kingdom, bro. Yeah, man, it's it's been a rough year for him. Uh, next question comes from Rich. He says, "No Ibushi or Ishimori book. Do you think we will see them at some point?" Um, I, like I mentioned in my scenario, I think Ibushi. He, I don't think he'll second Omega to the match, but I think he is. Oh, he is. He is. Uh, they, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Is. Omega asked him. So yeah. So yeah, he'll be seconding Omega, and I definitely think obviously he'll be celebrating with Omega winning the title. I um I mean that I think that will be his role. I don't have strong predictions necessarily about the main event yet, aside from just who the winner will be. But yeah. um, I think it is kind of strange that he doesn't have a match, and then the fact Ishimori has no match. But right, um, Ishimori. On the other hand, I don't think we'll see Ishimori unless maybe he helps like Bullet Club cheat. Yeah, he could come out uh, with the Bull Club, I guess. Or he, he could come out and challenge the winner of the junior match. 
Yeah, that makes sense to me too. But uh, all at the same time, G one's around the corner, right? Yeah. Well, well, we still have all of July. Like, yeah, we got July. Yep, you're right. That could happen. I was kind of thinking maybe he wouldn't get a towel shot to like King of Pro Wrestling, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, that could happen. Um, but yeah, and uh, Ben he was he commented to that. He says he thinks Ishimori is going to dive into the jump zone on Osprey. And he goes, you know, just try, just continue my boy Takahashi getting screwed over. So what, he thinks that he's going to get a title shot against Osprey and Takahashi's losing the title? Yeah. Match? Mm-hmm. I think he's wrong. I think Osprey's lo- dropping the belt. I think so also. Um, another question from Rich, he says, will Okada be the champion for the next 10 years if he doesn't lose at this show? <laughs> um, no. Not for 10 years, but, you know, have you ever thought about this? You know, Ric Flair was, like, basically the champion for 10 years. Have you ever thought about that? I did not I don't really stop, stop think about it. From, like, 1980 to, like, 1990, like, no one had more than, like, a couple-month reign of the NWA belt. Every, every single time that uh, Rick lost it, it was just going to come right back to Rick. Right. Very, pretty much everybody was just transitional champions. They were all transitional champions to himself. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, we've seen, like, you know, it's not like, you know, we talk about the, the history books and Bruno and everything like that. But, like, Rick, basically, if you want to be technical, not technical, but, like, be realistic about it. Mm-hmm. Dude was champion for, like, 10 years. Yeah. So, I don't think that we'll see an uninterrupted championship reign of Okada for 10 years, but could that happen? Yeah. I mean, could he beat Omega? Yep. He could, yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely could. This will not be the first time where we think he should lose and he wins. I feel much more strongly about him losing this time than I did last time, though. Yeah. Just because we, this is the fourth time. Yeah. It's a fourth Omega match. It's time. It's time, yeah. Our next question comes from uh, Rance Morris, uh, co-host of the Outsider's Edge and the World Class Daily Podcast. And the What You Mean Podcast. And What You Mean. Also, you know, he's always appearing on Ricky and Clive. He is the pod father of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Um is that who gave him that gimmick? The Podfather. I think uh, Ricky was the first one that, that gave him that. <laughs> I've never heard that. Yeah, <laughs> the Podfather. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, he says, "Why didn't they just run Squirrel Mysterio in a singles match? They have enough history." Uh, I do think they could have done Squirrel Mysterio here at Dominion. But I think they just they need to save stuff for uh, G1 special in the USA. This card is here's why Cody needs a paycheck, Liger needs a paycheck, right. Tanahashi needs a paycheck. Right. Uh, I think it's good for uh, Adam Page to be in the ring with all those legends. So that's right. why. Yeah, I mean, uh, with these big cards, New Japan usually tries to get as many people on the card as possible, and then plus also too, I mean, G1 special in USA, they need something. Plus Ray. Yeah, Ray might work like in the middle of the card on a WWE card because it's been established that way. But outside of WWE, dude doesn't work in the middle of the card. Right. Anywhere. Right. He's either main or semi-main. And he's not going to be main or semi-main. On Dominion. On Dominion's card. So it's probably better for him to work this little fun safe match mm-hmm. in Japan with some legends. 
so that it can set up a match and make he gets to it's money for everybody. He gets two paydays, sets up a big match for you know the next card, which we're just speculating. But I'm like ninety percent positive he's working San Francisco. Oh yeah, he has to be. So I think it makes a lot more sense to just do it this way. Yeah, I mean like. Would it be great to see him in um, Skrull? Skrull? Like, yeah, it'd be great, but we're, I don't know. It's a lot of a lot of big matches to compete with. Mm-hmm. Uh, next comes from uh, William Johnson. He says, does uh, Jay White versus Juice Robinson happen in San Francisco? Yes. If so, is it time for Robinson to get the push to help with U.S. brand expansion? Yes. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> He was just saying, he said he was hoping that Adam Page would would have beaten Jay White. I personally think that White doesn't need the NWJP US Championship. No, he doesn't. Give yeah. him the IWGP oh <laughs> Championship. Yeah. Have uh, Jay White be the one to beat Okada. Oh my God. Can you imagine what the people heat. would. Oh my, bro, dude, not the just, heat, like the disdain. Dude, people I, can, would, I can just picture the rant. Oh, that, uh, I could picture Rich doing a YouTube rant on that if that ever happened. I can't picture it, but I I, I can imagine what it would sound like. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Rich is doing like a video yeah. podcast now, yeah. and I don't watch them, so I can't picture it. <laughs> but I can imagine what it would sound like. Um, but yeah, William, I also agree with Josh. I do think this is happening in San Francisco. And yes, it's time to give our boy, Juice Robinson, the strap. No, yeah. Ju- all all facetiousness aside, William, I, I do think that both of those things are happening. So great question. Um, and then our good buddy, Howard Schilling, he says... Howard, he says, too sweet. <laughs> he said, will it be possible for Okada and Omega to top their classics from last year? And will their match this year be longer or shorter than those two epics? Well, when you say top their classics, you mean cumulatively or like just individually? Uh, maybe individually. I think, I still think their first match is the best match. Uh, the time limit, or no, the, the match where Okada beat him. Yeah. Yeah. I think their Wrestle, their Wrestle Kingdom match is their best match. Uh, what did you think? Do you like the Dominion match or? Um, I like the Wrestle Kingdom match, but I also like the G1 match. Have you rewatched it? I have not rewatched any of them in a while. I feel like if you rewatch it, as great as it is, you'll be like a little more down on it. Because I was, and so was Rich, and we kind of have similar wrestling tastes. Yeah. And we both were like, you know what? It's really good, but when you rewatch it, it's like it's kind of rushed and it's kind of like all over the place, as crazy as it is. Whereas the other ones have almost like better storytelling, you know? Yeah. But yeah, uh, to answer the question, I think that they. Do you think they're going to be better than those matches? That is so hard. It's hard, man. I mean, but they've done nothing but deliver every time they. And now they got two out of three falls and no time limit. That's a tough gimmick to to. Yeah. That's a really really hard gimmick to uh to live up to. You know what I mean? Like it can be a recipe for a terrible match. Yeah, it could be. Not uh, saying that they will have one, but I mean, it's a tough gimmick to. It's like working an Iron Man match, bro. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's going to be, I mean, I think for, for to answer the time question, I think it'll be longer 
than all their matches. I think it's going over right. 60 minutes. Yeah. For sure. I mean, what's the point of doing no time limit if it's not going to go over 60? Just to give us, just, you know. To make, to make the illusion that it goes to 60? Kind of like the idea of having a last man standing match when two guys kick each other in the, the freaking junk. And then, <laughs> and then to give us the illusion <laughs> that it might be. A draw. Does that make any sense to you? No. Let's let's not even start. AJ, <laughs> Shinsuke, please come home. Oh my God, what are they doing to you, boys? Oh my God, I haven't watched that pro. I literally haven't watched that program since April. I know you haven't. <laughs> I have. Um, uh, my final answer: Yes, I think that they can outdo the other matches. Will they? Oh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, you can catch it a few days from now on New Japan, <laughs> Japan world. world. Yes. For 1,000 yen. <laughs> the best 1,000 yen you'll ever spend. Uh, Mr. ACP on Reddit, he says, I say it's popular opinion that the heavyweight tag scene is a weak point of uh, New Japan. Outside of bringing in new talent, what can be done to bring some prestige to the tag titles? Well, I think the Young Bucks winning the titles... Um, would be a shot in the arm to that division. I think as far as like entertainment and match quality, yes. Uh, for me, I feel like defending the belts more often would matter more. And also maybe having a dominant team hold them and actually booking someone like dominantly. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's one of your first one of the first things you, you need to do. And then having a slew of contenders. I mean, it's not rocket science. Like, just build up challengers, build up the division, have characters. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they need to load up that tag load division. It, load it up, you know? And uh, when you got guys that aren't doing anything else, who, who makes sense to tag together? Put them together. Put them together. Have them challenge. You know? Why haven't Ishii and Yano have a title shot yet? For real. Why, over the past year, has... I understand that they got injured, but why has LIJ only defended the titles twice? It's terrible. Yeah. Should have just stripped him. Jack Tunney would have stripped him. Jack Tunney would have definitely True. stripped him. <laughs> uh, Mr. ACP also says, do you think the Never title will actually ever be open weight with juniors challenging heavyweights on a semi-regular basis? It was in the past. Um, I mean, Kyle O'Reilly and... Uh, and Bobby Fish both challenged for that belt, and I think Kushida has in the past as well, but lately it has not been. And I think that the, I mean, Show talked about recently just wanting to challenge for it. I think it should be an open weight title. Yeah, I um, mean, I would love to see Kushida challenge for it. Hiromu. Yeah. Kushida is the guy that needs to challenge for it and possibly win it. There was someone else I was thinking of recently that I thought could be never champion, but I don't remember who it was. So, hot take, gone. Uh, the last question from Mr. AP, ACP says, who is one New Japan star other than Poor Tacos who you think could use a makeover? Gimmick, look, attire, and alignment. Chase Owens. Yeah. That's your guy too? Dude, I mean, Chase is so good. Chase in the is ring. so good. He's so good in the ring. He's a great talker. Like, I freaking love Chase Owens. I'm sorry, guys, that I do this every week, but I love Chase. Oh, also, um, I know you said not poor tacos, but uh, yeah, Yoshihashi, Yoshihashi is the number. You don't get one. to take. You don't get to take the number one dude that needs that needs it more than anybody else. Yeah, off the table. Another person, uh, David Finley. 
Ooh, Dave Finley could. That's a great answer. Dave Finley really could use it. I mean, but when I think about Chase, like Chase going to another faction where they can a like use that storyline to propel him in some sort of capacity, whether it be in a tag team, whether it be in a tournament, whether it be to challenge for a title, whatever, if they can just do something to make him seem a little more important as opposed to him being like the utility bottom of the barrel bullet club guy. Bar- yeah. In the, in the bullet club. I mean, I would love to see him go to a different faction. Which faction would that be? I don't know. Maybe yeah. great bash heel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, it could read, read, Maybe Team 2000. I don't know. I don't know what faction he could actually go to. That Like, there is no faction that really exists that he could go to right now. But still, um, for me, yeah, it's Chase. But Dave Finley is definitely one of those yeah. guys. Um, Harrison G on Reddit says, Do you see New Japan forming a new faction? Kenny, Ibushi, and the Bucks all seem like babyfaces while the rest of the Bullet Club are firmly heels. Do we get a wild angle at Dominion? I have no clue. Um, there have been a lot of speculations of people thinking that they're going to make the elite like its own faction or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you also have to remember, like, they sell the most merchandise because they have Kenny and the Young Bucks associated with that act. With the Bullet Club. So why would they take them out of it? You know what I mean? Right. So pr- honestly, probably not. The only thing that I am certain of is here's the only thing I know is for sure going to happen. At some point, maybe not now, Kenny and Kota Ibushi are going to fight each other. Yeah. That's all I know. I don't know if it's going to be a respect match, a hate match, a blood feud, and I love you, a match made in heaven. I have no clue. But at some point, those two dudes are fighting, and that's the only thing that I'm certain of. And I don't think that they're going to risk stop you know the the chance of selling as many shirts as they do right. and merch by taking the taking the, the elite out of the book club no uh, he said, um, I had a dream that Jericho beat Naito with the help of the Bull Club. Imagine the intrigue going into the main event if that were to take place. We can get a full-on Bull Club fracture in the middle of the main event. Kenny wins the title and puts on his new Golden Elite tee. So, Jericho helps Kenny to beat Okada? To beat Naito. That, wait, I'm confused. He said he had a dream that Jericho beat Naito with the help of the Bullet Club. Okay. He said, imagine the entry going into the main event. We could get a full-on Bullet Club fracture in the middle of the main event. Kenny wins. We already have a fracture. I I feel like overbooking. I mean, that'd be... I understand what you're saying. Like, in hypothetical, like, Rainbow World, um, you know, with unicorns and stuff, would it be cool to see Jericho part of the Bullet Club? Like, sure. But, I mean, you've got... The whole thing with Kenny and Cody still going, it just doesn't. Plus, we don't know what's going on with the Tongans. Like, I'm, I'm I want to bring less confusion to that scenario personally, as opposed to more. You know, right? Um, then our good old buddy, gentlemanly dragon. Uh, he says his question is: Do we have a favorite G one, excluding last year's, or some favorite matches from past G ones? If you can't think about a whole tournament, this question comes from from me being super hyped for the block reveals for this year. My favorite G1. Yeah. 
Um, I think it's G124. And uh, who was the winner of that one? Uh, let me see. Um, it was the year that AJ Styles fought Minoru Suzuki. Okay. Um, yep, that's the 2014 G1. That's G1 Climax 24, which until this past G1 was widely acclaimed as being the best G1. I, I, I've heard people say that this past year's G1 was much better. I still disagree, to be honest with you. I think G124 is the best G1. Um, that's my favorite. Uh, my favorite G1 was um, a couple of years ago with uh, the one that Omega won. That was a great one, too. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, the last few G1s have been great, and not all. a lot of the early G1s aren't really that great. They, there's been some really, really, really good matches. Yeah. But it's not like, you know, the 1995 G1, <laughs> you know, Climax was just, like, excellent or something like that. Um, you know, the G1 hasn't always been what it is now. Yeah. And then, uh, last question, or also, it's about tournaments from our good old buddy, Undoubtedly Dean. He says, uh, which New Japan tournament do you enjoy the most, and which of year, which year of said tournament do you believe to be the best iteration? Um, ah, that's a toss-up for me between uh, G1 and Best of Super Juniors as far as favorite tournament, but I think I'm going to say... Uh, Young Lions G- Cup. <laughs> Young Lions Cup is awesome. It is awesome. But I <laughs> no, all, all the tournaments are great. I actually... Oh, go ahead. I think I'm going to go with G1. I like the New Japan Cup a lot. Um, You know what? I do like the block tournaments and the... the you know, just like... They're so epic and all that. Mm-hmm. And the un- the whole undertaking, but... I like me a good single elimination tournament. I like the New Japan Cup a lot, and I also like uh, the J Cup when Super they've done. Yep, when they've done the Super J Cups, like the single elimination tournaments. I mean, every I think anyone who's in their right mind is going to say G One's the best. Obviously, I believe G One's the best, but like I really like New Japan Cup, and I I think it's super underrated every it's, single it's year. It's just a different. Um, so it's just different because it's a single elimination, so it's kind of good to mix things up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, uh, I mean, obviously it's G one, but I like the New Japan Cup a lot, and I feel yeah. like I feel like a lot of people don't they kind of sleep on the New Japan Cup for some reason. But yeah. it's it's every year it's awesome. All right, well that wraps it up for questions. Let's finish things off with news. Okay, so uh, sticking with the whole Dominion theme, um, this past Monday, the free match of the month is, or the free match of the week is going to be Kenny Omega versus uh, Kazushika Okada from Dominion last year in 2017. The match that went a full hour and was the time limit draw setting up this year's match. So if you've never seen that again, it's going to be on YouTube for free. You can catch it on New Japan World. It is free until next Monday. Do yourself a favor. If you have never seen these matches, you might want to watch one of them before you watch Dominion. I can guarantee you there's going to be a lot of callbacks to this oh, feud. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
speaking of Okada, so we talked about how Naito has a free interview available on New Japan World. Omega and Okada have also done free interviews that are available on New Japan World. So if you're, you know, super excited about Dominion coming up and you want to uh, get kind of like a preview, they've done an excellent job with these interviews. So go ahead and check those out. Also, Okada did some press recently for SportsIllustrated.com. Uh, he did a Q&A uh, session. Um, one thing I thought was interesting, they asked him who he thought was the best wrestler in the world outside of himself. And he said Naito, uh, Omega, and... Osprey. Osprey, yeah. So um, pretty interesting interview. If you get a chance, you definitely want to check that out. In other um, random New Japan news, so there is going to be a press conference for the G1 special in USA on July 16th in San Francisco. They will be coupling this. It's free for those who are able to attend as long as they have room. Uh, there will be a meet and greet with uh, different New Japan stars. It's free. So nice. if you get a chance and you're in the San Francisco area, you probably want to check that out. Uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World is going to be released on August 28th. And they just announced that for those who buy the physical first copy prints of this game, they'll be also receiving a New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, annual al- almanac. So uh, if you want an, you know, one of those almanacs, which I'm sure have a lot of good information in them, you know, Fire Pro, they're just loading it up with the goodies. Um, Access TV is going to be running a block of um, episodes for uh, detailing all 12 of uh, Okada's title defenses. Um, they're going to be starting this block of, of episodes on May 30th, and it will conclude on June 15th when they air his final and 12th title defense against uh, Tanahashi. So that's going to be destination viewing. Yeah, it's going to be good stuff right there. You definitely want to check that out. And then um, Tanahashi's movie, Dad is a uh, Heel Wrestler, is coming out on September 21st. We officially have a date. Nice. I don't know if it's going to be, um, you know, any, any like, English language. I'm sure that there will probably be subtitles. But, yep, uh, late September. So that's coming out very shortly. Um, we have news about all, and you heard about Deanna Perazu. Yes. Uh, apparently she was signed by WWE. So she was originally scheduled to be all in, but now it looks like she's all out with this uh, new WWE contract. Yep. So I don't know what they were planning for her to do on the show, but it looks like she is not going to be all in. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of all in, so we have the ref announcements for the different referees and the announcers that are going to be involved with the show. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly. I know that Earl Hebner is going to be involved. Earl Hebner, um, Todd St. Clair. Todd St. Clair. Jerry Lynn. Uh, what's his name? Knox from um, from PWG. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, His name is slipping. And um, you said Jerry Lynn? Yep. So those are going to be the referees that are going to be involved with All In, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and the ring announcer for the event will be ring announcer, ROH ring announcer Bobby Cruz. Here, I'm going to pull it up right here. All In referees announced. So, yep. So we have Paul Turner, Rick Knox, Todd Sinclair, Earl Hebner, and Jerry Lynn. So that that's like... Five different pretty stacks, yeah, pretty stacked. It's a pretty stacked lineup for referees, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, 
Cody was recently doing a Q&A on Twitter and they asked him who he thought the best wrestler in the world was. And he said, me, obviously. He's like, I thought it was Cody or uh, Kenny previously, but I pinned him one, two, three. So clearly that means I'm the best wrestler in the entire world. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. And um, he also had a Twitter beef with Phil Baroni recently. Uh, shout out to Rich Latta. He also has had Twitter beefs with Phil Baroni in the past. <laughs> so uh, uh, it looks like him and Cody have more in common than he likes right, to admit. Right, right, yeah. Uh, did you kind of catch that whole thing? I I saw it a little bit, but I don't... Like, right now, it's, like, blanking on exactly what was said. I know, like, Phil Baroni has been for a while now, kind of been, like, pestering, like, Cody and the Young Bucks. And he, like... like quote tweeted something I think Cody posted he was kind of like criticizing them for having uh, the NWA like involved with yeah yeah and so I didn't catch everything but it's uh, basically I mean you can find it it's all on Twitter but um, Cody was basically saying something to the extent of like dude like your your transition from MMA to wrestling has been taking like five years and it hasn't happened yet. You might want to stop. And then he says, like, I don't work uh, Twitter feuds or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, I don't work Twitter feuds. <laughs> and then he was like, you can stop calling New Japan. We're not interested. They're just too nice to tell you, but we are not interested. They yeah. don't want you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. For a guy that doesn't work Twitter feuds, like, you're pretty much getting, like, burying this man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also, Flip Gordon got in it, too, and, like, Flip, like, buried him, too. Flip was burying Phil Baroni? Yeah. Phil Baroni killed all those dudes, though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, being the Elite episode 105, breaking news came out. So um, what were some of the highlights of that, Jeremy? Uh, that was a fun little episode um, continuing the whole Jay Lethal um, injury thing that makes him turn into Macho Man. Oh, I love that. That's that was, that's like my favorite new skit. Yeah. He's like, hey, Virgil, Virgil. <laughs> the whole million dollar man paid you off. He's like, how you doing, Virgil? Hey, I heard you had. A <laughs> He's like, I heard you had a merch signing the other day. How'd that go? <laughs> He's like, someone give this man a dollar. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, freaking uh, Scorpio Sky was like getting pissed off. <laughs> yeah, Scorpio Sky was like, you might want to get checked out, man. I think you're. A concussion or something. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> he's like, it's like, huh? He's like, I'm not feeling so good. <laughs> and uh, then, um, you know, Marty and Flip take Japan. They got a shirt out. Yeah, it's on ProWrestlingTees.com. Uh, and also, speaking of ProWrestlingTees.com, there's also a new Kenny Omega V Trigger T-shirt. Yeah, so best I, believe I, I'm getting that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> the bottomless pit that is your t-shirt buying like habit and like budget it knows no bounds yeah. oh my god but uh yeah back to being the elite yeah marty and flip take japan uh marty was afraid of heights and flip made him ride that ride apparently uh hangman framed or someone has framed, framed Stephen uh, Amell Mel, yeah for killing joey ryan yeah and uh yeah like I don't know. Hangman keeps hearing a weird voice, so yeah. I the only thing with the, with being the elite, sometimes they do stuff like this and then they don't pay it off. Like they just drop storylines later on and you, like it never leads anywhere. So hopefully this whole Hangman page story is leading. I'm something? sure it's leading to Hangman versus Joey. Maybe, but sometimes they just drop their storylines, yeah. and I'm like, eh. um, there was oh the the okay the only thing that really like really really oh yeah they were kind of teasing all in's card. Yeah, he gave it to Cody. Matt gave uh, the list to Cody. Yeah, and Cody's face was like, 
<laughs> yeah, like I can't believe this. Uh, it better be like that because right now the only thing you guys are t- freaking teasing is Nick Aldis and Cody. Cody. You guys better give us something that like makes up for that crap. You better give us like Okada versus Omega. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or something like that. Yeah. You better give us CM Punk versus Omega. Omega like, for the IWGP title. For the IWGP <laughs> title. Oh, my God. Um, and then the last thing I saw that really like kind of pissed me off was, was like... Kenny finally opened the box and they freaking cut. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen Seven? Was the that? movie? No. Oh, my God. Because the whole time I'm just sitting there, I'm like, what's in the box? What's in the box? Oh my god, you gotta see Seven. Right. To understand that reference, you have to see Seven, but it's a great movie. I showed it to a friend of mine. <laughs> Recently, she didn't appreciate it. I don't think she's my friend anymore, I don't know, it's hard to tell. But uh, oh, Trouble in Paradise, huh? Well, I never had Paradise. So <laughs> I don't have any trouble. But, uh, it's just, there's too many paradises and sometimes one paradise finds out about the other paradise other paradises <laughs> <laughs> that's what causes the then trouble you to, then you have to find a new paradise <laughs> so anyways <laughs> they didn't like seven <laughs> that's where real trouble in paradise comes in if they don't like oh my god it's like I showed this other girl I showed her Pulp Fiction she didn't like it are you kidding me my god I need to find a girl that loves wrestling and Pulp Fiction. But anyways, you need to see Seven to right. understand what's in the box. I'm very frustrated that they did not show I know. what's in the box. I hope it's not like that crap. Okay, here's another thing. Like, remember when they were like, what, what was the room? 10 7? Uh, or 1 0 7? Was it 1 0 7? I think so. Or 3, was it 3 10 or? Maybe it was 3 10. I can't remember, but like the room in Japan. Yeah, the room in Japan. And they never showed us like what was talked about or anything. And that like it never really got paid off. They just kind of dropped it. Yeah. That's the kind of crap I don't like. And I'm like, they better show us what's in this freaking box. And it better be something good. It better not be like, oh, it's the dick pic. <laughs> like, uh, what if it's like a new gear? Like elite gear. That would be cool. Or Dominion. Oh, Jeremy, you might have cracked the code. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that happening. So, uh, good episode. You know, uh, when is Dominion? This Saturday. Oh, man. June 9th. Yep, so we'll probably get a new episode after that. Yeah. Okay. Last couple news outside of New Japan, which I'm going to try to, like, categorize the news from now on this way, but... Uh, um, Taiji Ishimori is going to be uh, appearing at Impact's Slammiversary on July 22nd. This is the first time that uh, a member of the Bullet Club has appeared in TNA slash Impact ever. And he's appearing as the Bone Soldier. As Bone Soldier. Unless you count, uh, unless you count, uh, like, Kurt, uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Jeff Jarrett, uh, so Jeff Jarrett won the AAA Mega Championship this past weekend. Uh, or when was that? Was it two days ago? Yeah. Not even this weekend, like just a couple days ago. Yeah, this, this past weekend. Okay, yeah. this past weekend. So things are crazy, guys. We. We have, like, a Lucha Libre show that's coming on its way, so maybe they'll understand more of this stuff. No, it's actually... It's not happening? No, it's not. Oh, my God! <laughs> Dude, this that just ruined the show. What <laughs> happened? We had a great name. We had... I uh, know. Yeah, Kyle... Just, he, don't, don't say his name on this show. He's dead to me. <laughs> 
Oh, man, yeah. Kind All right. Of, yeah. We need, hey, guys, if you're interested in doing a Lucha Libre show, hit us up. Yeah. But anyway, so we need someone who understands this crap because – so Phoenix, who was working for Crash – was supposed to go and work several dates for CMLL. Well, then there was rumors that him and Pentagon were going to go work AAA because Conan, who runs the crash, is now booking for AAA. But these dudes had a terrible walkout like two years ago from AAA, like CM Punk style, never going to come back, burn the bridge, it's over, done, done, done. Well, then like this past weekend, they had one of their big cards and – um. Ray Wagner, who is formerly known as Dr. Wagner Jr., why he's going as Ray Wagner, I don't know because he's Dr. Wagner Jr. He has been for like 20-something years. Him and Rey Mysterio and the returning Jeff Jarrett have a triple threat match with uh, what was supposed to be LaParca in AAA, who's working in CMLL, but turned out to be Conan pin the one, two, three to screw Ray, Ray freaking Wagner out of the title and put the AAA title on Jeff Jarrett. What? And then Ray Phoenix comes out and beats up Jeff Jarrett. What is happening in AAA? Dude, Mexico is, it's wild right now. What is happening? Dude, and then he's gonna, so Phoenix is in AAA now and he's gonna be working, now I know he's not officially signed to CML, he's working, he's working Arena Mexico this he, Friday. But he's working Arena Mexico this Friday, like it's a per date deal, but that would literally be like someone working in WWF and then also working in WCW in the 90s, <laughs> or someone working in New Japan and then going and working in All Japan in the 90s. Do you know how weird that is? Yeah, really weird. So, I heard a or I don't know if we're supposed to say it. I heard... Did you hear about the, the deal with Jeff Jarrett? No. So, I heard a rumor. I don't know how substantiated it is. But I heard the, one of the reasons that they put the belt on Jarrett is because uh, Dr. Wagner didn't want to... Oh, yeah. He didn't want to put Phoenix over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he... And we heard that from a little birdie. He didn't want to put uh, Ray Phoenix over. I don't know if we're supposed to talk about it or not, but it's out. I mean, it's been out there. It's out there. No, it's not. It's with our our connections. Right. But I'm saying it's in the public. I mean, it's... Like, it's not in the public. It's That's with our connections. That's from someone in Social Suplex through our connections. Oh. I I heard that on... Um, that's not... Well, maybe. I, uh, I heard it from someone else. But yeah, so... I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what the deal is, but um, this whole thing is just weird because the, the 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 main reason I bring it up is because with the connection with CMLL and and New Japan, like all this stuff going on, it, this is very 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 strange. Yeah. Um, speaking of weird connections, so Impact is now officially invited on to Jericho's cruise coming up. When is that? In September? November? Mm, I think it's October. October? Something like that. So, originally, like, they were going to have a Ring of Honor, a Sea of Honor Honor tournament. And then Sammy Callahan cut, like, this crazy promo. And then Jericho invited them on the cruise. So, I don't know if this... I mean, obviously, we know the connection between him and Don Callis, but, like... Yeah, Impact and Ring of Honor are on the cruise with Jericho. Which is weird because remember back in the day, Impact and Ring of Honor used to work together and they had like a big falling out. Well, that was because the Rob Feinstein stuff with the child porn. Yeah. That's why. Um, 
So yeah, so that that's yeah. kind of why. Yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah, both Ring of Honor and Impact will be on this cruise. The rumor is Jericho versus Callahan. Yeah, on the boat. Well, did you see the stuff with Jerk with Callahan and uh, but Blue Ray? No. Are they going at each other? On Twitter, yeah. yeah. And it looks like it's an angle. It looks like it's not Dude, like... Dude, speaking of this whole angle, Don Callis has been, like, playing this whole Sammy Callahan thing up on Killing a Town, like, talking about, like, how crazy Callahan is. They have to, like, book him in separate hotel rooms. Like, he's disrespectful. He causes trouble. Like, Someone... There was an article that came out recently talking about Impact and the IWG, uh, IWGP conception. And if you're not familiar with that that term the IWGP conception it's the like partnership between the different um, companies that work with New Japan so you know we're talking about RevPro CMLL yep RevPro CMLL um, the NWA Ring of Honor Ring of Honor um, this actually just came out 17 hours ago. It's written by Jamie Greer, who's the editor of LWS Last Word on Pro Wrestling. And it's called, it, you should look it up. It's a great article talking about Impact Wrestling and the IWGP conception. And they're talking about how, like, over the past year, New Japan has really kind of expanded their, um, you know, the companies they work for. So not just or work with not just Ring of Honor and Rep Pro and CMLL, but they've also had working uh, working relationships with uh, WXW in Germany. And then over the past couple months and over the past year, they, they did. I don't know if you noticed, but they had a lot of their talent go to OTT yeah. in mm-hmm. Ireland. And then they've also had uh, a lot of their talent work for what culture in the past, which is right. now Defiant. With that being the case, in the past, Impact has only been allowed to really work with the companies that they're working with, which is like AAA, NOAA, different companies um, that are out there. Well, recently things have started to change with like with Impact working. Well, it kind of started with the whole stuff with Austin Aries showing up with the Impact title and Ring of Honor. Right. Because Don Cass's whole philosophy is like we should be working together with as many promotions as possible and letting guys cross promote and go from brand like have brand warfare, have guys show up on different brands and like yeah, it just helps the overall rep of that wrestler, which helps the overall rep of your company. Yeah, and Impact basically like over the past couple months and past years been working with like all sorts of different companies. They've been working with AAA, Defy. Um, WrestlePro, Destiny, which is in uh, Canada, Border City Wrestling, and then now Lucha Underground. And it's starting to seem like there are some indicators that maybe that there is a crossover or uh, an imminent crossover between them and New Japan. I don't know how it's all going to work out with the different partnerships that they, that they have, but obviously Don Callis being a part of that. We've talked about this before, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's becoming more and more apparent. And then Austin Aries working with Ring of Honor, but also kind of being tied to Impact. And then Impact is going to the UK in September, and they have an open challenge at the Wrestling Media Con event. The only other... They have an open challenge to work with any other British company that's there. Well, RevPro just happens to be running a show at the same time. Mm. So it seems like there's an indicator that there's a very good chance that during that those dates in September that RevPro is going to be working with them. Yeah. Which RevPro is supposed to be tied to New Japan. 
And then also Defiant, the NWA, and NGW are also going to be doing matches during this thing. You kind of fast forward. Now you got Sammy Callahan calling out Chris Jericho and Impact and and Ring of Honor being on the same cruise. Like these It's were, weird. It's weird because these are competing companies. Yeah. Um, not only that, but then uh, Sammy Callahan kind of working this crazy man gimmick and kind of he uh, called into Busted Open Radio and talked crap about uh, Bully Ray. And then Bully Ray like kind of like went off on him on um on Twitter and these guys kind of had a big feud and this whole article kind of covers it. Now you got Ishimori showing up at Slammiversary, who's a, a New Japan contracted wrestler, which that never like happens. And you know, with everything, you know, you tie that to, you know, essentially you know the connection to Don Callis and like it leads me to believe that it's not a done deal or anything but there's pretty key indicators that like uh, Impact Wrestling might be joining this group of like companies that are working with New Japan yeah which is like very 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 interesting stuff and I think it's something we need to keep our eyes on I think we've done a good job keeping our eyes on stuff that have tended to span out over Mm -hmm. the past year as opposed to just being like wildly speculative they tend to actually happen so like I'm not gonna be surprised to see more more impact and uh New Japan crossover yeah and what if uh, like we've talked about like what if guys go there for excursions and stuff I mean obviously we know it's mainly a television product right now but still yeah I mean that's still oh I I could see guys going there like in the near future uh last couple things so DC um (laughs) DC Lego Batman put out a tweet uh kind of talking about their new game and the tweet was chaos is coming yeah and then Okada like (laughs) it's like no we're not we're in Japan Okada said no we're uh he's like uh actually we're in Japan same thing he said one day same thing he said for the the sanity promo yeah he's this man's just great (laughs) <laughs> uh, the last bit of news and we'll close it down so um, Chris Charlton's book Eggshells which we've talked about yeah is uh, officially going to be released on July 17th digitally and on paperback with Amazon so um, you know if you're not familiar with him do yourself get a familiar. favor get familiar and that's going to do it for the news so thank you guys for listening to this jam-packed episode of Keeping It Strong Style. Make sure you connect with us on social media. On Twitter, I am at Jeremy L. Donovan. Our show is at KI Strong Style. And you can follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex on Facebook or Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. Also join the Wrestling Squared Circle, Facebook.com slash groups slash Wrestling Squared Circle. That's our community group on Facebook where we have a lot of fun in there. Um, on Reddit, Josh is keeping it strong style. I am the pro black guy. Interact with us and, you know, put over our podcast. Uh, make sure you check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, One Nation Radio and One Nation Live, hosted by Rich Latta. He's also dropping some versions of his podcast on his YouTube channel. Just search Rich Latta, Rich Latta on YouTube and you'll find those. Also, check out The Outsider's Edge with Rance and Carl, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, all the way from Scotland. And our independent wrestling podcast, Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Chris Bryan and James Vanderbeek. 
So make sure you subscribe to the network. Leave us a rating and review. Help us get over. Until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.